So as always, thank you for joining me. Enjoy the podcast. Kick back and relax. The force is strong and is with us always. And never forget. We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. of this moment the force is strong make ten men feel like a hundred I'll take the next chance and the next you're rebels aren't you You call it the Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Yo, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. Ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzle cast, I am beyond thrilled to be here with you tonight to bring you not only the commentary for Return of the Jedi, which has long been and still competes for my favorite Star Wars movie ever, one of my favorite movies ever, a movie I've seen hundreds of times, but got me through some very tough times in childhood, and in some ways still represents everything I love about Star Wars. I am also here with my boy, Simmy, and I'm going to introduce Simmy, and we're going to do something a little different tonight, which is no intro other than me introducing Simmy. I have a quote to get us more pumped up, a little non-traditional quote, and we're going to go into the movie, but then we are going to do like a hopefully 15, 20-minute wrap-up at the end because this, just by chance, ended up being the last Star Wars commentary in the Bizzlecast series. And Simi, as I welcome you, it is interesting that the very first of this series I did was with you, Rogue One, my other favorite Star Wars movie. We also did my least favorite in Attack of the Clones, and now we are doing my other favorite to wrap it up. I can't think of a better person to do this with, especially because in our very first podcast, five minutes in, we established that we grew up on this film. Simi. Dude, thanks for having me. I, I'm, I'm really excited. I've been thinking about this for a while. We put it off for a week. And uh, that meant I didn't get to watch it as often as I usually do. This is, yes, also one of my favorite movies, uh, one of my childhood nostalgia moments of time. And I, I'm just, I'm really excited to do this. And um, yeah, from, uh, you know, taking our, our time off from the, the uh, our true love with Star Wars to dabble in some other things to cleanse the palate. Um, it is time. It, now it is time. So, guys, I have a quote, and uh, you guys can look this up if you don't recognize it. This is from another favorite property of mine that was heavily influenced by Star Wars. And I don't want to do a Star Wars quote because we're going to be quoting the shit out of this movie. But it came to me as I was preparing, and I've been counting down the minutes and the hours doing this with Simi tonight. I'm going to get pretty emotional, guys, on a lot of levels tonight. And. You know that part of the reason I love Rogue One so much is because I'm a rebellion guy. And growing up, this was the Rebel movie. Um, and so, it's it, it, you know, we're, we're going to get chills throughout. We're going to have force talk. We're going to talk about the, all that stuff. So, uh, Simi, would you, would you indulge me for a quick quote? And then we're going to count people directly into the film. Let's do it. All right. All of our lives, we have fought this war. Tonight, I believe we can end it. 
tonight is not an accident. There are no accidents. We have not come here by chance. I do not believe in chance. I do not see coincidence. I see providence. I see purpose. I believe it is our fate to be here. It is our destiny. I believe this night holds for each and every one of us the very meaning of our lives. This is a war and we are soldiers. Death can come for us at any time in any place. But what if I am right? What if the prophecy is true? What if tomorrow the war could be over? Isn't that worth fighting for? Isn't that worth dying for? Simi, you ready to do this? Let's rock and roll. I'm pumped. Guys, queue up DVDs, Blu-ray, whatever you got, digital files to zero hours, zero minutes, zero seconds on Return of the Jedi. I'm going to count you down three to two to one. I'm going to say go. When I say go, you're going to hit play. Simi's going to count up to seven seconds to make sure we are all aligned, me with him and you with both of us. Subtitles, ambient sound, I leave to you. So Simi, I'm just going to do a real quick last check to make sure we're both recording here. We are. Um, gotcha. And I got my file open. I, I, I really, dude, this has been amazing. I mean, first of all, just amazing reconnecting with you. I don't want to get too sappy, but just uh, uh, of all things, oh my God. Here we go, guys. Here comes the countdown. Three, two, one, go. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven. Woo! Lucasfilm Limited. And, Sammy, we, yeah. we got 20th Century Fox back with Disney, baby, so we can get the music. Here we go. Long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. So as I mentioned, we bonded over this particular movie almost immediately in our first podcast. Oh, my God. I already got chills. So one of the themes of this podcast is going to be that while this has long been my favorite of the original trilogy, when I had to rank this seriously recently and I realized I had Rogue One at one and this at two and Empire at three, I had to start figuring out if it was just because it was my favorite or whether there was things about the film that were actually superior that I didn't realize. I mentioned this to Simi and we'll talk about it as we go ahead, but let's not jump ahead. Simi, go ahead. (laughs) Dude, I'm just, you know, all of this, this opening scene in the desert is like one of the most, for some reason, exciting yet uh, relaxing things to me. There's the relaxing aspect of like childhood and Kit Kat bars and, you know, like, you know, excitement of finally getting to watch this with all the hype surrounding it, even as like a kid. But then there's like, there's something about like this plan that's about to unravel that's just hilarious and death-defying and daring and great um and scary at times it just takes you on on a roller coaster of 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 fun so i'm excited this whole you know from minute from when the droids walk up to bait and like realize that you know they're meeting java like it's just like a jack-in-the-box just waiting for one exciting thing after the other you know waiting to see who luke is now it's great I'm so, excited. The, the destroyed Death Star. As much as redness. I love the more detailed original Death Star in Rogue One, this is still the best Death Star, the partially completed one. 
Yeah, there's something about it, dude. Absolutely. And how brilliant is it that they specifically haven't completed it and specifically leaked that it's in- uncompleted to, to lure in the Rebels? But we will get there. So- I love the planes. I really love the planes. They all, all the shit, all the different ships they use are incredible. And they like just the personality to them. And to realize like, you know, 1983, three, mm-hmm. 1983. Mm-hmm. Is that when this was made in 81 so, and 82? There was a big jump in special effects from 77 to 80. That was mostly money, but the jump to 83, Simi, I'm going to say this throughout the movie. There are dozens of effects and scenes in this movie that I don't think have been topped even by Guardians of the Galaxy and modern Star Wars movie, in my opinion. I just, uh, it's incredible that this still holds. It, it, every time I watch it, it still holds up. And just so the viewers know, I have, uh, I have the computer going and the big screen. And like, you know, I'm looking at these helmets with this backdrop and everything. And like, why isn't this realistic? Look at everything. Why isn't this a hanger? And this is even more detailed than things in Rogue One. I remember we were commenting in Rogue One how basic it was, and it leaves a lot to your imagination. But look at all this detail in this in this hangar. Like, look at look at like where your thoughts can go with this, and how fucking cool is this entrance? We see giant hangar scenes in both Force Awakens and Last Jedi. This still looks more tactile. Here we go, and the full on introduction of the Emperor, which never gets old. <laughs> Let me just get my head right up your ass, sir. So there's many things that become more subtle about Vader in this. He's not looking to murder people constantly. He does choke and threaten to choke people, but he's so focused on the Emperor of the Death Star and specifically Luke. I think it really, for a famous one-dimensional villain, we do, do get more dimensionality here because of the relationships and the motivations. He's so scared. He's so scared. Look at his eyes. But he's scared of the Emperor more than Vader. Like, he was already scared. Yeah, yeah, scared. He, took, yeah. He, he just, it was a tick up. <laughs> so, if you guys like George Lucas and you want to ignore some of his flaws, or you love Empire Strikes Back, and so you love Larry Kasdan, these two guys straight up wrote this movie. So, this is about as pure Star Wars as you're going to get between Lucas and Kasdan. Here we go. Here we go! Woo! This is great. I love this part. This is what I mean by funny, like because they're just so goofy together. But like you're excited for like you know when they're together, it mm-hmm. means adventure, you know. And let's be honest: the, some of the slowness in New Hope is these guys in the desert, and some of the criticism of Force Awakens is mirroring of the original movie. But here, they learn the lessons of what worked and didn't work with these guys in, on Tatooine, and threw it on its head and even though this plan is hard to disentangle as many times as you see it it's absolutely brilliant from a narrative standpoint the way it unfolds right also like they're still doing that you know how much chopper can we do you know what i mean they're still doing that in the other let's put out the obvious from this you know let's put out the obvious this is a need to know mission r2d2 knows exactly what's going on c3po knows like 25 percent of the information I agree with you about the soothingness of this movie, considering how much action, adventure, darkness, um, you know, uh, you know, fighting, death. 
there's something because of the smoothness of the filmmaking this will be my first point as to this being the best of the original trilogy there's a smoothness of the filmmaking the scenes the transitions that is relaxing i can't explain it and i love how he like he's always like the, they're give and Our take between each other like, <laughs> right like he's like changing it but just the way they go back and forth yep. and like like you've you've become mm-hmm. you've come to know what to expect from mm-hmm. from uh, C3PO okay. you know what i mean Simi- and he plays it yeah. to the T let me get this out right now there's only three changes in this movie major changes and i have problems with them for different reasons and i'm not going to dwell on them but what's interesting is how different the changes are and and over time which ones i have more and more of a problem with the only one i really have a problem with because of the tone change is the added music scene coming up here the other ones are more subtle these added music scenes are I, I like i like sometimes they do it in the cantina sometimes they do it in other places but this is his this always was his time to shine and like really dive into other aliens you know and show like how the you know underworld partied in these uh, distant worlds like even in all the books yes, the canon that we've but, been reading they're always yes. it's always the the cantina gives you the culture of where you are and i yeah, i, I me, like this one is what i'm me? saying too the problem with the band coming up here is the collection of practical aliens that we're about to see in Jabba's Palace has still been unmatched in any movie, and the dark, brooding tone is important. It, it continues until the skiff fight, and it both breaks up the practical aliens and the tone in a really arresting way to the point where I almost just mute it or tune out during those 20 seconds. It makes zero sense. <laughs> I think it adds to... Uh all right, we'll get there. We'll get there. Is. Okay, That's these guys I li- are. I like. I always like those. Scenes. These are Gomorian guards. Again. These are Gomorian guards. The pig guys. This will be important with Luke using the dark side powers. Okay, here we go. Look how great this looks. I want that bong. <laughs> there should be a strain of weed called Jabba Kush. Jabba Kush. I mean, look at these practical <laughs> aliens. It's amazing. <laughs> and of course, C-3PO still has no idea what's going on as he's about to show everybody. So the plan is, as far as I could tell after seeing this hundreds of times, get the droids captured so that R2's on the inside. Get Leia captured so she's on the inside to kill Jabba. And then get Luke captured and so they can all be together for the final plan. That seems to be the plan. Oh, here we go. I always thought it'd be cool to see them like planning it and see if like, because it obviously doesn't go exactly the way they wanted it to. So the common wisdom, Simi, is this is about six months after End of Empire. Does that does that jibe with your understanding? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they've had a reasonable amount of time to plan this because yeah. Chewie has already been captured at this point. Here's my question. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we know Luke has gotten way more powerful. We, he's been training. It seems like he has not gone back to Yoda. But do you think he's been working with Obi-Wan or, uh, in the Force Ghost or just on his own? I think he was taking everything that he was learning and possibly, I mean, that, that'll that be great to throw into some other books and things down the road. That's a perfect, you know, segue for what he was doing during this time. But in general, I mean, uh, Yoda gave him a lot to work on and he had, you know, matured a lot. And um, yeah, I mean, it would have made sense if he had gone back to Yoda for a little bit because he did 
you know, mm-hmm. abandon his training. What do you? You know, actually, he should go back. I mean, why wouldn't he? But you know, he does like, it. I, I guess mean, they you don't. Tell by well, their they don't because you can tell by their interaction. This mm. is the first time they saw him. But you'd think that would be the first, as soon as he heals up, you'd think that would be like uh, kind of the 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 first uh, thing he's he's going to do after the Ewoks hospitality and he uh, wins his medal. Especially because it's clear Luke has been dabbling in the dark arts, which wouldn't probably happen with Yoda, right? Right. I mean, and that's part of, you know, the grapple of who he is and who he becomes, I think, mm-hmm. because his, his what family is you become. That's my exactly the, the Saw Gerrera line. I'm so upset. got taken out of Rogue One is the what will you become? <laughs> OK, so Simi, I sent you some points about this. OK, so my question is, is it not until The Last Jedi that we really are forced to look back at this and think about, oh, my God, Luke's tapping into the dark side and those implications? Um, I don't think they do enough of it because they, there's not enough to compare it to to even realize at that mm-hmm. point that he was doing that. You Can know I give you an I mean? example, like, though? Can I give you an example? Yeah. So one of my things that I think is missed in Last Jedi is you know how when, when Rey get, goes too far and dives in the hole and Luke gets scared of her and says, you immediately yeah, go to the dark side? Yeah, and you went right to the dark side. He's yeah. projecting. She actually is just exploring the full side of the force. I think he's projecting his own fear and own experiences during that scene. And that rings very true with what's going on here and, you know, what ends up going on with Kylo and so forth. This is my interpretation. Right. And that was his fear of, of what Kylo did as well. Like, so he's expecting as soon as she just like is like, what's over here? And droid like, torture. More droid torture. Every movie. Droid torture. You know, we need to fight for droid rights. We this do. was very scary, actually, as a kid. The jail cells, mm-hmm. this, and um, when you first are going into the, uh, when it's all, it's really dark and it ends up being chewy. Yeah. But those are some of the scarier mm-hmm. moments. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. In Solo, when you saw L3 in the droid rebellion, were you sitting there going like, I've been talking about this for years. <laughs> I was, and the other thing was, I did think it was a bit much, but I thought it was pretty cool. Like, uh, I just, I it was thought, too on the nose. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just thought, and also, like, I was upset to see the character, mm-hmm. you know, die. I mean, so. let's be honest. With K two S O never talking about specifically, but just his attitude, we get that without having to talk about it. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, here we go. Droid. Here we go. The Twi'leks. I talk about. You know, our whole vision of Twi'leks growing up are the slaves. And then we get Harrison Dula and it flips it on its head. Right. But I mean, it's right because you think they're all dance and this isn't the only one. I think it's part of uh, possibly the culture, like, but at least originally with the this. thought process. Look was, how fake like, oh, this looks. This is very Muppeted. This, that, that is okay. a straight up Muppet right there. So this is the only of the changes that I think actually ruins the flow of the movie the two that are much later in the film i I can actually justify this i can't this is just him masturbating and experimenting before the prequels came out i don't think you're wrong uh but i do think it's like i said before i think it's one of those setting things and it's an opportunity to see all these different aliens and to create the culture of like where you're at and like so i feel like he's in this like dirty Vegas like gangsters underworld. You know, you know what? I just thought bar, of you, you know what have you know. made this okay? Huh. If one of Jabba's guys or Boba Fett in the middle of this just took out their blaster and just murdered these guys for being annoying. Or one of them. Well, they basically yeah, do it to the, the dancer tone, right now. The tonal shift from what we've had to this and that nice noodles. Give me a break. Sorry, I'll let it go. That's it. It's over. Right. I, and this is yeah. scary. No, this is this is 
this is something of nightmares. Like but the it's whole- true though. When you meet Hera, if Hera walked in on this, she would murder everybody in the palace when she saw this. Did you just? I don't know if you noticed, but that's the first time I noticed like straight green nipples. Like there's like a straight nipple scene right there. That's a little much for this this rating. Did Isn't we talk PG? about how Lucas? Was with Spielberg responsible for the PG thirteen with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Right. That was the first time they couldn't justify it. They were like, "Come on, guys, we don't want to give you an R rating." Here we go. Ugh. This is great. Oh, Simi, another topic I wanted to mention was uh-huh. Chewie and Han in light of the Solo movie, and then looking at this movie. Go ahead. Also, just Leia's character in this is great because, like, she made her character scary with because she's carrying a detonator and, like, being a badass and fucking with Jabba. But, like, you know, she's, what, five feet tall? You know what I mean? So, but, like, her her character of a bounty hunter was done well. I would have never thought – I know you guys think I, I, I'm lying. I would have never thought to get a Slave Leia poster or anything growing up because I respect her too much, and that's not the point of that whole fucking thing. Right. That's so weird that it's, like, glorified yeah. back then. Although, like, although as I – slave slut clothes. Yeah, like. but it, when <laughs> women have reclaimed it, and I'm totally cool with it, but it's not my place. Uh, I guess you could say, like, I wear it. You know, I wear my... I mean, our girl Ashley Eckstein, who's Ahsoka, has done Slave Leia. Tia Sirkar, which I sent you, who does Sabine, has done it. I mean... Oh, I don't... I think you... No, that's not what I meant. But I meant... I think that's fine, because you're playing a character in a movie, and that's fine. I think someone... I think the movie making that movie poster, glorifying that scene of slavery and making it sexual is wrong. You know what I mean? To make... Uh, you know, her this submissive slave girl in a in a poster to sell sex from that movie. That's what I disagree with. And I don't disagree with the scene. I don't disagree with people wanting to dress up like like that Leia. Like, that's fine. That's awesome to me. Like, because you're just still memory. You're remembering the movie, which is great because it's still part of the movie. But um, can I point out? Yeah, that, that's not my point. Can I point out the obvious yeah. here? Yeah. The amount of detail on this Jabba is superior to every single representation CGI of any hut or so forth we've seen of Jabba or otherwise since then. Right. Because they didn't, they didn't have to, they didn't make it move. They were smart, you know, like they just made it easy. You know, the other ones where he's like, well, he has to move around at some point. Let's make him move around. It's like, he's a gangster. He can just sit in the booth. Why does it matter? You know, but and there's like there's like a thousand a good scene. there's like a thousand wrinkles and a thousand splotches which you can't do with CGI because it takes forever to render that and all the different movements. But when it's a when it's a giant you know puppet, you can get away with it. Uh, here we go, Billy D, baby. Woo! I wish uh, the only thing I don't like about it is that he does pull the thing down right there. It, it, we know it's Billy D. Well, no, he puts. You know it, what I mean? That's just for us, and then he puts it back up. But let me say, I know, I know. I'm saying yeah. I don't even think that was needed. They they could have just like it, it's Billy fucking D. Oh Come my on, god, guys. look at this binary sunset. Oh, beautiful. Can I say one of the brilliant parts of Empire is that the more you watch it, the more Billy D's quote unquote turning to the good guys isn't just sold well but you realize he was always a good guy that just was put in a bad situation and when you see the solo movie it makes so much sense right and you forget that you know it's funny that you're bringing it up now like and i remembered how much you did hate him then because in my mind it's always been complete with what he does in this one you know what i mean so 
I never, I don't know. I always look at him in a positive light. So I forget like about, and then uh, you watch empire and you're like fucking, well, fucking Billy. What well, I guess what about? I'm saying is even when I was younger, I never hated him because the performance and the writing sold so well that he was compromised, tricked and if Vader's on your ass. What the hell are you going to do? Here we go. Oh my Can God. Can we talk about this? Speaking go. of how scary Vader go. is this idea is brilliant. Because it's aesthetically easy. Like, seriously, it's a fucking mole. You know, it's not that hard. But it is terrifying that this could exist. This has to be the preamble to Demolition Man. This has to be the preamble to all sorts of, you know, uh, cryogenically freezing people. You know, they're just like, and we'll make it in carbon because it looks fucking scarier. You know, but... The way they do this is great. And also, I strongly recommend, if we're still talking about posters, the poster of this to put on a door is pretty awesome. Okay. Thus begins Han Leia in this movie. Simi, people say, oh, Han and Leia is not as dimensional and blah, blah, blah as Empire. But I think they just have a more mature adult relationship that's subtle, and it's just as compelling to me, even if it's not your worshipfulness, stop looking at me that way, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's gotten to the point of reality. It's still not certain what it is. And this is love. This is the true love. He's in love love with her. All the jealousy he has. And this is this is an ultimate love scene. Like here's looking at you, kid, and all those all those different. You know, you know, somebody who loves you is mm -hmm. awesome. Like, Like this whole scene. But like. It's it's almost easy for her to say I love you before the carbonite because she might never see him again and you know but now she's been working six months nonstop to get him back no matter what and let's be honest they do not need Han Solo for the rebellion oh my God look at her Carrie she needs Han Solo uh, no they all and the do. music oh what a real kiss that is oh 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 oh. So, Simi, again, we've seen this movie a million times. Princess Leia asks, acts surprised and scared, but this is all part of the plan, right? Um, I think I, I was actually thinking about this today. I think there were very many layers to the plan. That's what I think. I don't think necessarily. I think if they could get out at this point, they would get out. But how would they? Would retru- Chewie's already there and the droids are already there. Well, then he comes back for just Chewie. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if it was really... It, it's hard to... The other thing, I don't know if, if he meant to get captured either. You know what I mean? I just think he kind of just rolled with the punches of all the things that could happen and just rolled up like, yeah, I'm a Jedi and these people really are ain't shit and I'm just going to take care of this. So I think that was like the final plan, which ended up finishing everything off, but... Uh, I think there were layers to how they were going to get him out. But they had to infiltrate. The first thing was infiltration on many levels. And first it was uh, the droids. Then it was Chewbacca. Now it's Leia. Um, I mean, look. But certain goals from each of the levels, like to get him defrosted, because they're not going to... They're not going to freeze him again now. They don't have that that, that capability. When you combine... The devious mind of Lando, the brilliant strategic mind of Leia, and the prophecy, you know, uh, tapping of Luke, they must have foreseen tons of scenarios here and are playing into it, right? Right. And I also don't know if Chewie knows everything, too, you know? 
He's kind of spilling the beans. By the way, so. <laughs> tease for topics going forward and right here next to me for extra good luck and to remind me, I've got my Ahsoka and Sabine figures because I want to talk about what the Ghost Crew and Ahsoka might be doing during and after this time. I love that cuddle scene. It's a great little cuddle scene with Chewie and Han. As I say, More Chewie right, is the ultimate chill pill. He immediately welcomes the anyone he touches or talks to on screen but he also welcomes the audience to like invite the audience to join him right and the last part was pretty awesome about just how he uh dark side of the force right here boom this is great he has no problem doing a force choke which yeah we need to talk about this maybe some of this will come up in our post talk but like the more you watch this and you see the new movies and the cartoons and stuff it's up there's the bulba is that Sabalba or just one of those people? He wasn't in the original, so I'm assuming it's Sabalba. Gotcha. But, you know, growing up, you never thought about the Force choke because you're like, oh, he's just using it, but he's a good Jedi. He's all in black. He's using tons of mind control, has no problem using the Force choke. It's, it's disturbing, and it informs him almost going to the dark side at the end of this. Well, there also is no... Again, he should have gone to Yoda because he just has all this power and doesn't know necessarily right from wrong and like what, where the line is drawn. You know, you have to, you know, go to school to to you know with great power comes great responsibility. I was about to be like you have to go to school to get a gun, but not really. In the rest of the world, you do. You know, they don't just give you all this shit. Or how about a driver's license? You know. And he just you know they just gave him a car and he started driving around. And it's a really really fast car. Look at her abs. <sighs> She's sucking in her stomach. Who cares? I know, but still. As we've talked about... Jeez, she looks like a cartoon. If you don't like full-bodied women with curves, you're a savage. Yeah, she is sucking in, but she's... St- even so. Oh, 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 doesn't work on me, it was actually more of like, I'm glad she's sucking in and rather than having to force herself to lose those extra pounds because she's gone through enough. It, it, that's one of Plone Clute's guys in the background, too, I just noticed. Whatever that... Wait, was that a camera is. operator? What the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, I saw that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Here's the thing, Sammy. As much as I bitched unnecessarily about Jabba and and new and the New Hope special edition, it really doesn't bother me at all compared to the, some of the changes in this movie. Here we go, boom. So look, I I think something was supposed to happen here too, and this didn't really go as planned. Okay, so can I can I be the voice of the opposition of this movie that I, is not me? Yeah. This entire opening 30 to 40 minutes is completely worthless, has nothing to do with the main plot, is, is fun adventure, but is just delaying and breaks up the movie in an unnecessary way. I don't agree with that, but that's what people who criticize this movie say along with the Ewoks. Go ahead. But, like, that's what makes this movie not the last movie. You know what I mean? Like, the Ewoks and, this, and the saving of Han missions... Mm-hmm are what makes this movie different from the other movies. And what makes this movie great is both journeys are incredible. They have great aliens. They have great monsters. They have a great journey. They have a great fight. You can't just, 
you know, jump in with Vader and the Emperor. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we want to see what they're doing. And there's some great cutscenes in this, like the one that they start with and then when the one that they're going to go to soon. And, you know, they're with uh, Moff Tarkin. And, and there's lots of things, lots of things going on. But, you know, the, the Ewoks is what makes this great. I don't care what those haters say. And this fucking guy makes things great, too. He just ate pork. He ate one of the pork, green pork dude. Done. Dinner. Now he's after Luke, and this was not part of the plan. Can that I t- look on his face yeah. is not part of the plan. Can I Can I give you my reasons why this whole beginning is, is great and necessary, other than just a fun adventure? Hmm. So you know in the original Avengers movie, you know, there's the inevitable part where the Avengers are scattered, and they disagree, and they think Hulk's gone, they don't know where Thor is, and blah, 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 and they all come together for New York, and you get the Avengers circle, and it's glorious. But what's superior about this is we want and need the team to come back together for the final battle, but they have to really fight and work for it in this first part. You know what I mean? It's, it's, about, it's about the work. You talk about the work. This is the work. And what's coming up is pretty intense. You know, that, that, that is something out of nightmares. This guy and the thing in the desert is something out of every child's nightmare. Come on. We also need to see the lanes to which Luke would go in terms of both, uh, you know, seeming to maybe sacrifice or, you know, sacrifice his friends, use the dark side. Like the lengths that he would go to do this is important to see. See, at this point, see, this wasn't part of the plan. (laughs) So at Alamo Draft House, they did a great little. Uh, spin-off thing. This looks great. Like a fake spin-off movie about the guy that's... Uh, Here we go. The caretaker of this this monster. Yeah, you mentioned that in our podcast. Yeah. It's hilarious. And what, what great world-building that is that for the caretaker, you know, to be so sad, as we'll say. Can we talk about how he just shot put that and didn't even throw it? He's lefty. Like he, They're all lefties in Hollywood. Don't get me started. Okay, there's a lot of left-handed pitchers that know how to throw a rock. No, no, no. I'm just saying it's interesting that the artistic types tend to be lefty, and if you look at all the action movies, Hawkeye, Gamora, Black Widow, they're all lefties. I'm righty, but kind of ambidextrous in a lot of things. And my fiance is a lefty. But are you lefty or righty? No, I'm definitely righty. Of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Although, in my soccer days, when I was pretty good, I had a great left. So, I, I always had a starting spot on left wing because my left was better than most. This is a great scene. But, see, now Luke still... Like, see, that I think that was the idea. And I think when Lando steps up at the last time, like, he's kind of waiting to see when Luke is going to pull the trigger on, on his on his ultimate plot. Um, Can I? And yeah. I think he realizes at this point, like, when he wants to do it. You know, like, there's too many people right now. Because as soon as he gets the lightsaber, he's going to kill everybody. But he doesn't want anybody else to get in trouble. Yeah. You know, like, people are going to get hurt. So, so if he has yeah. more space, I think in his brain right now, he's thinking... I'm not going to do it right now. I'm going to do it later because they all are waiting for him to give the signal to get his lightsaber. And then that's when it you know, triggers a bunch of things to happen. So do you remember we made a bunch of predictions before Solo and then afterwards we, we had to say, look, we were right that we were going to get a new view of Solo, but we were wrong to what that would be. 
And I think it's safe to say we thought the solo in the solo movie was going to be more of a New Hope solo, but ultimately it was really this solo. And he had to take a journey to get back to being this Han Solo, right? But this is really the most direct line from a moral standpoint from the Alden Ehrenreich Han Solo that we saw in Solo, A Star Wars Story. Yeah, and it basically proved what, what I had to walk back is like I thought he became a good person, you know, over time and, you know, made some mistakes. But he definitely made some mistakes, but he was always a good person. That's what I took from Solo. So if this movie were released today and the current climate towards movies and Star Wars, I could totally, that's a, such a green screen, I could totally see people being like, why are they doing this first 40 minutes? But when you grow up on this, all you want is more, more, and more. You know, I would never think to skip this part growing up or now. Because again, there are no Jedis. Up until this point, we've never met a Jedi before, except for him and Yoda and Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? So, like, he's and, – and Obi-Wan died before we got to see a ton of shit. Like, he – like, we, we all, like, m- yeah, like make Obi-Wan this, like, amazing god almost. And all he really did was lose a fight and trick some, you know, stormtroopers. Like, that's all we saw with him in the Force. And, with the Force. And then in Empire, we see a little bit more because we meet Yoda and, and then Obi-Wan comes back and – there's all that. But this is like a young, real Jedi, you know? And at this point, you're asking yourself, if they're, say, if they're calling the movie Return of the Jedi, does that mean he became a Jedi in the last movie and now he's a Jedi? Which is what he eventually comes to, you know, figuring out that how to become a complete Jedi, I guess. That's, or what test he has to complete from what Yoda gives him at the end of this. But, um, you know, ultimately we're still getting our intro to his power and like he's like the badass who walks into the bar and he's about to fuck shit up to save his friends and that's the <laughs> scene right here that we're coming into the worm ridden felt all right here we go this is great this is balls balls He's giving death threats and again, on a plank. The reason, he's leaning on a plank that he's about to walk. But really quick, Simi, the reason this whole bit works, this whole extended opening works, I'm repeat watching, other than just being a fun and feast for the eyes, is it does introduce tons of thematic and character stuff that's important going forward. And it's scary as fuck. Not to mention proving that Lando can be a general in the, in the Rebellion. This is beautiful. This is such okay. a cool scene. She knows it. She's been waiting for this moment. And that's why it works for Leia. Her dignity never dies. Here we go. Woo! Oh, man. It's like a dance move. Here we go. I can't wait for Boba Fett to die by accident. It's my favorite part. I gotta be honest. It was a little late. 3PO. I mean, uh, R2-D2. Which just shows Luke's power. Murdering people. See, and I actually think her killing Han was... Or her killing... Oh, uh, my God. On my comic book pod- accident. I've been getting on such arguments with people on my comic book podcasts who think that escape is, escapism means that nobody dies, including the bad guys, and the good guys do whatever possible to not kill bad guys, blah, blah, blah. Luke Skywalker, if he has to murder a bad guy, he'll do it. And for me, that's both realistic and a form of escapism because in real life, the good guys die and the, and the bad guys live. 
That's that's not a bad perception of things. That sounds like a real millennial take on things. But I mean, if no you're a Captain America, Batman, Superman guy, but you also like Luke Skywalker, I'm sorry, you have to reconcile. <laughs> Luke will definitely, in this and in the comic books, just murder bad guys if he has to. He doesn't want to. I guess at some level, it depends on how realistic you are about like life mm-hmm. and whether you can deal with those concepts or not. You know, like and then and still be look at it as a relaxing movie <laughs> by the way from the moment that leia steals the gun in, in new hope to strangling jabba to all the rebel missions i could argue that leia k- kills more bad guys than any of the other protagonists in the trilogy i i love the description of this in the in the book uh, uh bloodlines oh my god uh, the hut killer yes yeah that book is fantastic they, fantastic it really is i started re-listening hut to killer. it Hot Slayer. That's what it is. Especially because January Lavoie does the best Leia impression I've heard. And you also feel like uh, this is great. This chain's about to break. PG, baby. Death rattle. PG. In 1983, you're welcome, America. They, well, he's an alien, so it doesn't matter as much. It's not a real person. Hey, Simmy. However, yeah. I'm going to need to take the break after this. But keep, That's cool. Keep talking. Go ahead. Oh, this is a great move. See, now this is the single-handed shit. Like, he's single-handedly taking over the entire situation. And all, and they're forest gumping their way through things. Like, he, he killed Fat on accident. But no, I mean, this is ridiculous. He takes the whole boat. Watch. And then destroys the boat. And Chewie and them are, like, barely hanging on for... In- you know, life. we're not seeing we're seeing the people get hit in, in the sarlacc pit by the way i have no problem with the sandworm but simmy all the killing of clones and droids and the prequels and the clone wars it really takes the stakes out of it you know what i mean I, it gets a little repetitive i felt like that in matrix too when they're when he fights all the smiths like no, but you know some what I'm of those scenes got kind of boring i mean the, it's no, like, i like the variety but but, but, but with the droids it's like they find creative ways for obi-wan and anakin to like constantly decapitate droids and stuff as if they were decapitating people because they're droids it's like okay fine we can get away with it yeah as long as they don't bleed here we go even with the clones people don't care as much what's great you is c3po r2d2 has yeah. something to, to Dude, fight with c3po is finally not worthless because he's an unwitting like uh what's the word of, you know he's like a conductor un- well, yeah no, he's like <laughs> an unwitting you know like um oh what's the word i'm looking for distraction without even being told that he needs he's gonna be the distraction <laughs> right I always wondered how they picked him up. Watch this. There's a magnet from the bottom, and then they end up on yeah. the skiff. Who cares? This is great. Look yeah. at this. This is one of the all-time great shots. Uh, oh, you know, I love Indiana Jones, but there's nothing Indiana Jones better than this whole thing. Don't forget the droids. <laughs> well, you I need, love that You part. need our two, and you're only getting C-3PO because it's a package deal. <laughs> this isn't great. This is one of the not-so-great fly scenes just because, like, Oh, it's watch this like explosion, that, though. I love yeah, this. the explosion's good. I don't like the part where, see, like, this part right that here. Looks fine. That looks bad. But other than that, I mean, look, I'm not shitting on it. Mm-hmm. This looks great. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Here we go, baby. Woo! There we go. All right. So unlike in Empire, my only complaint about Empire is the team breaking up for most of the movie. Here they go their separate ways. He goes to Dagobah, but we know they're coming back together. And so I'm okay with every single part of this. I really, but 
now he's going to the Dagobah system. Like, we were just talking about this. Like, does that mean he hasn't gone there since Empire? No way. It's really how they talk about it. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, but by the way, Yoda, I've been force choking people and using the dark side forces. <laughs> Here we go. Force choke, not good. Tell me that this these special effects don't look as good or better than any modern day sp- space effects. That's what I'm saying. The way they're doing it, and I and I, I like watching it on the bigger screen to look at look for flaws. To be honest, and like try to call it out. Like the reality is, it's, it's perfect. And also, yeah. like the empire empires. Uh, emperor's guard mm-hmm. is scary as fuck and those are uh certain force sticks as you learn later but in this they're yeah. not another like, they, way they in glow. which the new saga movies didn't go different enough obviously snoke's guards look exactly the same it's so scary I've said it before, same thing I say it again. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was making Ian McDermott look a thousand years older 40 years ago than he did in the prequels. <laughs> yeah. And he keeps He doing looks it. like a healthy 63 year old in the prequels. He looks 9,000 years old here. I mean, the foresight to not cast an 80 year old in this role, but like a 40 year old is amazing. He's so scary. And the way they don't even show his whole face in this, you know, it's like petrifying still. So can, can, can I just do a little quick Sith lore as it regards to these movies? So you think Vader serving the Emperor in Empire, but what does he say to Luke before in the middle of the battle? He says, join me, we'll overthrow the Emperor and rule the galaxy together, right? But it's right, not but- that he's, hold on, it's not that he's pulling a fast one on the Emperor. The Emperor knows that this is happening. This is always how it happens. The Master trains the Sith apprentice specifically to want to overthrow them, but not make them powerful enough until they are. You know what I mean? Like, that's the point. It's not that it's a secret that Vader's trying to overthrow the Emperor. That's what he wants. Not to be overthrown, but for Vader to have the evil and ambition to overthrow him, right? Here we go. Yeah, I mean, he... I just, I'm sorry, I got no, no, go. talk, into talk this Yoda. scene. Talk I Yoda. Just, he's just so, it's so sad at this point that you know it's like something's wrong mm-hmm. and you can feel it happening, you know? I mean, there's a direct line from this entire movie to The Last Jedi, and I say that in the best way possible. And this is not, like, he's a great puppet, you know? Like, they did a great job with this then. They did a great job with the. But yeah, this is when he comes back and he's all dark and he looks like his father, you know, and you're just like, what are you doing? No, that's wrong. Can I run something by you, Simi, about this? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I talk about Yoda saying, don't go to Cloud City in episode five, but really he's pushing Luke to go. That's his, you know what I mean? He's manipulating the whole situation but he actually wants Luke to go. He knows Luke's going to go, and that's the way of doing it. I wonder if this whole you're already a Jedi is just because he's dying, and what else is he going to do? Be like, you're not a Jedi, but I'm going to die, and so you're screwed? Like, I think he's pumping him up here when you look at it in context of Last Jedi, where you're like, oh, Master Skywalker, still such a dummy, basically, you know? Like, I I think he knows Luke hasn't learned everything, but what else is he going to do? Because he is really the Last Jedi here. You know, we talked about this in another one, like, when did we 
you know, did he send him on that journey, you know, uh, on purpose? Like, you know, when he says you, you he poses the question to him, uh, you know, if you go, uh, then, you, you know, your training, you'll not complete. And then the same thing, like, did Obi Wan was going to, you know, so what did they know? And so if he seen Yoda between now and then, mm-hmm. then, you know, it was all part of his training, and his training was a little different than you do someone Luke's age than you do with a with a Padawan and a youngling that would go through the normal process. So, mm-hmm. the tweak the, the the training to fit this individual Jedi because he needed to be trained. Mm-hmm. Trained, he will. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Scary. Yeah. So I, there's Empire is so brilliant. I always forget certain things. So when Luke goes away to Cloud City, and Yoda says no, there is another. Mm-hmm. Lucas must have known it was Leia, especially with Leia receiving Luke's psychic transmission at the end of Empire. Right? They must have known Leia was the other. The question is, did Lucas had Lucas developed that they were going to be brother and sister, or just that she was another Jedi? That's what's unclear, but it seems clear he knew Leia, because who else was going to be the other when he says, no, there is another in Empire? Yeah. Uh, not ready. He was like, I was protecting you, not ready for the burden, were you? Uh, he totally... There's so many things he was should have done with Yoda. It's sad that he didn't get to spend more time with Yoda. Which is why maybe which is why I think with people who are on the fence about Luke in the Last Jedi, I think the Yoda stuff helped push it over the top towards positivity, at least the Luke stuff, right? Cuz we got that reconciliation if nothing else. Yeah, cuz it completed some of his training at that point cuz like, you know, it's funny we I think we talked about this during our Last Jedi conversation. You know, he calls him young Skywalker, so you know, I he's Skywalker. I uh, missed you. <laughs> yeah, funny you are, or something like that. Can, can I do a comparison oh, so in terms great. of filmmaking, real yeah. quick? So in Empire, I talk about how you know I talk about how Kasdan was inspired by the Han Leia roma- uh, romance budding in the initial movie, and that's what mm-hmm. inspired his writing. And not that Yoda Luke was an afterthought exactly in Empire, but the fact that like Han Leia was the priority and he came up with amazing philosophy in Empire, it was almost the reverse in The Last Jedi. It was almost like all of the smartness and the brains went into the Luke Kylo Ray stuff in Last Jedi, and everything else kind of was half baked a little bit. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. Uh, the way they decided to like empty the storylines into different, you know, buckets is, 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 is interesting. And I think the, this one, I, I guess, I guess, you know, I just always wanted more Yoda now that I'm thinking about it, you know, like he's really not in the movies that much. Oh, and I I, think, sorry. So I love what's coming up where Obi-Wan is saying, yep, there's another Skywalker <laughs> and she's secretly and safely hidden. And then no one will know in the half a second later, Luke's like Leia. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Which I think Obi-Wan knows is coming. And Obi-Wan isn't talking about Luke not figuring out. He's talking about everybody else. Here we go. Oh, Okay. Biggest problem, Qui-Gon should not have been the one to figure out the Force Ghost thing. I hate that. What do you mean? That he? Wh- why? Why don't you like Qui-Gon? 
I think it should have been known among the great Jedis or Yoda should have figured it out. Yoda's been around a thousand years for Qui-Gon to figure it out. was just a convenient way to loop Qui-Gon and Liam Neeson back in, in the, in the prequels. Again, exposition and explanation in the prequels we didn't need that made. It's like the midichlorians and Anakin's holy force birth, you know, explaining shit we didn't need explained. He does die first. And guess what we're going to see in episode nine, man. We're going to see Hayden Christian's force ghost. I'm telling you, man, it's going to happen. Well, don't you, uh, I guess you, that's not at the end of this one. As long as we see Natalie's force ghost too. Oh, you're not good. That's not going to happen. Okay. Let's focus on this. This is it. This was a great scene. He's a great actor. And now he's now right. he's like this is the certain point of view thing, yeah. Which makes total sense, you know. The people call this a retcon, but this is so philosophically true, especially the the Buddhist, Taoist, Eastern philosophy notions behind the Jedi, the certain point of view thing. Yeah, this is this is this is obi-wan it's so funny obi-wan and yoda are the ones that are like the oracles of knowledge not an oracle but the the fountain of knowledge of the jedi and they're really they're not you know they're they're really short-lived but what i'm saying to me is the retconning exposition in these few minutes is more interesting and more important than most of the prequels lore that we get you're not wrong Twisted and evil. More machine than man. Twisted and evil. Mm-hmm. But talk about droids. Droids can be more human than humans, right? So that's, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, I mean. It's not the machine part that's the problem. It's it's that his mind is operating like a machine, not the physical body. Yeah. Also, like. I just wouldn't necessarily think about his father like as a mm-hmm. real father. A, he's tried to kill him twice. Mm-hmm. Um, B, he's you know killed thousands and thousands of people. Oh, and C, oh, he Sammy, left. Sammy, yeah. we are definitely talking about the end of this movie or in the wrap up about the whole forgiving Vader and Kylo Ren for being genocidal killers. But I'm going to leave that for now. I think that we've uh, we've always agreed on those points. But like, that's the whole thing. Like he. He's like, go. I can't kill my father. It's like, you don't even know him. Like, huh. <laughs> my, my sister, I am Luke huh. to my sister's She stuck Leia. her tongue on my throat. Honestly. What? Like, my sister and I share those characteristics. My sister is so much more grounded and capable. Oh, here we go, baby. Woo! Oh man, I'm gonna go crazy with the rebel fleet. Oh man, look at this. Oh yeah. Twenty four oh. years ago, twenty five years ago. It's a quarter of a century ago they made this movie. I'm breathing hard. Oh yeah, yeah. Admiral, you wait. You. <laughs> Those squids don't give a fuck. Was this a mesh cape? A light blue mesh cape. And rope? Come on, it's like a net. It's like stockings. And here's the thing, Simi. Their friendship after their conflict in Empire makes total sense within this trilogy, but then you see the solo movie. Here, can I tell you something really quickly before Asmon Mothma, God bless her, does this really quick, Simi? 
uh-huh. a huge mistake in marketing solo. Normally, you don't market based on a writer, but the fact that they weren't promoting it being like, hey, remember that movie Empire and Return of the Jedi you love so much? The guy that wrote that wrote the solo movie. Like, the fact that they didn't promote that fact more was a huge mistake, you know? Because Larry Kasdan wasn't just filling in the blanks. This was the view of Lando and Han he always wanted. You don't need the solo movie to get these guys' relationship, but it makes that much more sense. Sorry. Many Bothans. And it makes it that much more fun. It was just so much worth doing. Like, I'm so happy they made Solo. By the way, there's so many great characters. As many people pointed out, you put Genovieve O'Reilly next to the original Mon Mothma, you can tell they're different. But as we pointed out in Rogue One, their presence is so similar. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh, it's an excellent casting job. A lot of it is to even, even just the side characters that fill in, like the way, the way that they had to make it like the yep. same boardroom. They did a great job. So they really did. Do you know why one. Leia is not giving the briefing here? It's because she's the leader of the mission with Han. And so this is normal army shit. If you're leading the mission, you can't be the one doing the briefing and leading from the command room. She's, she's not being disempowered. She's giving up the command room to these guys because she has to be on the mission or she wants to. And by the way, remember Mon Mothma in Rebels, man, and Rogue One is hesitant to go to war. And here she's fully on board, which is great. I also like her hair. I like that they didn't do it like the same way and make her this like basic yeah. bitch that just always wears the earmuffs. And, and if it was know? oh wedge, and if it was filmed, wedge. and if it was filmed in reverse order, you can hear everyone going like for saw for Jedi. You know what I mean? Like totally. I also want to give some credit to some of these cartoons they've done uh, recently. They you know they've really did a great job. I mean. Like now that I'm going back and just look, looking at the like I'm nitpicking right now different things to try to talk about different things and like digging deep into it. But like uh, it's so reminiscent oh. of the time. They caught the time period oh. very well. Rebels has like five bad episodes in four seasons. That's all I'm going to say. It, it's true. It's very true. And people who say Clone Wars like is better. Just, filler. They're filler. Yeah. Someone needed a day off and like they took a week off and like it just was the, over the holidays. So yeah. they do a couple, but that's you know, the divide. chopper. And, Dude, uh, that's the divide between our generation. The divide in our generation is those of us who love the original trilogy and love the new movies aren't crazy about the prequels and prefer Rebels to Clone Wars. And those who love original movies but love the, the prequels and love Clone Wars better than Rebels. That's the divide. Here we go. Here we go. The straight from Solo Star Wars story, baby. <laughs> All right, old buddy. Sammy, God, that's gonna that's actor. gonna end up being one of my most rewatched movies. I can't. I honestly, I'm gonna be watching Solo all the time. It's so fun. I I really am so excited for it to get out. I'm not even gonna like fuck around with it. I'm just gonna buy it. Like some of the other ones, I'm like, maybe wait, I you didn't wait, order it yet. No, because okay, that's going to be that's going to be your has uh, all of them right now. No, that's going to be your your your, your wedding present because we need to do commentary opening weekend. Oh, I'll just buy it. No, 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 no. I'm buying it. Oh, actually, I keep forgetting to tell you something. Actually, shit. Okay, hold on. I'll remind me go. later. What I love is even though they're in a Tidarian shuttle and not the Falcon, they really replicate the feel of the cockpit. Okay, so 
just because there isn't crazy fighting and sexual tension between these two, it actually because of it, it, I actually, as you pointed out, we continue. There continues to be something soothing about this because they're and yes, there's a brief moment when he's jealous of Luke, blah blah blah, right? But there's something soothing about the mature nature of their relationship in this movie that I just love. Yeah, yeah. Because the other thing is, like, they respect the fact that there's not enough time for lovey-dovey shit. Otherwise, people would gag. You know what I mean? Like, what right there was an appropriate amount of we love each other touching when you're about to go into battle and you're with a bunch of, like, subordinates and, like, commanders. You know what I mean? And you're, you're able to, like, you know, set a tone of casual comfort with each other, but not, like... Uh, uh, I wish you the best, my love. No, you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not this sappy bullshit. There's no, like, dramatic kiss later. Like, they steal kisses from each other, like, during the war. But, like, you know, they're still fighting a war, and they know it, you know? And they're just hoping to be able to kiss later. By the way, solo Star Wars stories sold out across the internet, FYI. How does that work? Because everyone was waiting. Okay, here we go. They're going to sell more. Come on. They're gonna not. They're only going to sell a certain amount of movies? That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. You're the dumbest idea. Mm. Really? That's what they're going to do? They're only going to release a certain amount of online, like... I got you covered. Movies? Crazy motherfuckers. By the way, guys out there, uh, there's a new web service that allows you to combine all of your Amazon, iTunes, and other digital pur- purchases because legally they've been, it, it's fucked up that you can't combine them. So you can put them all in one place now without having to do anything, which is amazing. Just a public service announcement. Here we go. Superstar Destroyer. Oh, yeah. I love how I love how Han gets through with his voice after everything he's been through. Empire is so, so sloppy. <laughs> I love his hair. By the way, Simi, after listening to our Star Wars A New Hope, you talk about his his hair, his eyes, his clothes, and Luke's as well over and over and over again. It's borderline, um, you know. That's fine, but look at his hair. I mean, (laughs) nowadays, if you wore your hair like that, like people would be like, you need a haircut. And it's funny the way that like, that's rebellious. And then look, look at this dude's hairline. It's, it's very crisp. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else's hairline is re- like they're more military and they're more rebels. So because the, they like they have that overgrown hairline. You know, it's not a mullet. You know, it's nowhere near a mullet. But it's like they're they're growing that back part down a little bit. Oh, come on. Look at them. They're beautiful. Man. I love this. I love that Luke and immediately recognizes it was a mistake that he that Vader can read him. It makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Right? No. I mean, yes, but I was just doing the leave it to me. What's your favorite? I mean, outside of uh outside of Star Wars, what's your favorite James Earl Jones movie? Um, let me think about that. Oh, um, Field of Dreams. That's a good one. Um, that's arguably my number one, but my number one has got to be uh, King Joffrey Jeffer for uh, Coming to America. It's, it's not so much that Field of Dreams is my favorite of his movies. 
but his performance is so haunting and that movie is so affecting that oh it's a great movie it's one of my it's probably my favorite sports it's movie. so spiritual i don't think people realize how spiritual that movie <laughs> is. it's like mysticism yeah but ah i see you're getting acquainted okay all right hop on one foot say mate anyways thus begins the defense of the ewoks let me point no, out no, no, no. wait hold we're on there yet. hold we're on there we're getting it's there though scene. let me say me let me point it out let me point it out can i please can i finish yeah. can i finish can i finish can i finish okay people say okay one there should be a million stormtroopers on this planet well that wouldn't make sense because they're specifically trying to lure the rebel alliance in if there were a million stormtroopers on this planet then they wouldn't be lured in you know they would never think they could take they never think right. two how do the ewoks fight the imperials they don't they have traps set up to defend themselves and all they're trying to do is buy enough time to blow up the shield gate it's not like avatar where they're taking out a fleet of spaceships with bows and arrows and a lot of ewoks die you know they specifically for are a just diversion yeah three they're a diversion the ewoks are practical not cgi right there's real people in there showing real emotion and for leia's relationship with them in particular tells it to me oh here we go boom <laughs> The always effective, not so much Han Solo. This is great. <laughs> Actually, I believe this. There is a crossover actor from this and Harry Potter three, uh, Warwick. No, Warwick Davis is in everything. He's in. He's in almost all the Star Wars movies. He's in the new Star Wars movie. He was one of but the he, Marauders. He's, uh, Professor Flitwick. Yeah. In uh, I brought Harry him up Potter. in our commentary, but you missed it. No, I remember that. I was just saying. I was yeah. just saying. You know, he's in. He was the, Willow. He's in. I know. Yeah, Willow. And they're they're they want to make another Willow. Uh, Ron Howard is trying really hard with Lucas and Disney to make another Willow. Kaya, Kaya. Mad Mardigan. Oh man, Mad Mardigan. Oh, that was great. Val Kilmer. Okay, amazing. so even That's though Val Kilmer's best role, even ever. though these head-on shots. And you I can like tell it's a blue a, a blue screen. The kinetics of the explosions and the fighting hand to hand look amazing here. I this, love And also, this. this was not only totally believable now. By the way, look who's driving. So believable. Man. Look who's driving. Look who's driving. Leia. I mean, Simi, I told you, Leia is my favorite Star Wars character. You know, I, I, I'm in love with Jyn Erso, but Leia is still my favorite character. There's no two ways about it. She's incredible. She She's death-defying. She's a boss. She's in charge. She's just incredible. Can we also God talk about Fisher. how Mark Hamill... Uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher have no historical film precedent to work off and how to deal with the shit. This is just purely new ground. Every single scene. It's great. It's great dynamic. And honestly, there's so much going on that, uh, the lines are also like horrible. Some of them, you know, you know, like just some of this is the, the dialogue is very, very poorly. No, it's not. It's it's perfect. Come on. Some of it's not great. What? They do a what? great job at What's not great? I think there's the least corny dialogue in this movie of any of the original trilogy. You're right. But the fact that you said the least corny dialogue, you know, is my point. Like, I'm saying in terms of, like, it's fine. I'm just there's saying, going back to my initial thesis, Simi, this movie's accused of being choppy and uneven, but if you really look at the filmmaking of it, this it's has the least well flaws right. of any of I the agree. initial three movies. That I agree with. I'm not disagreeing with that. I, was I mean, just remember about how many scenes they, they when we did a, a New Hope? We were like, oh my God, yeah. the staging of this is absurd. 
<laughs> totally. Here we go. <laughs> oh, God. I remember loving that. That's incredible. That's Oof. incredible. That's great. So, Sammy, we're going to have to start making predictions about how they're going to use Leia in uh, episode nine. I'll have to give it a little thought. I also probably need to watch Force Awakens and um, The Last Jedi again. Um, Because I've honestly been doing so much of uh, the original. And then we just did. And then I was also doing the other ones to get ready for our last. This so real here. I mean, you can tell they're blue screen, but the the kinetics of them hitting each other look fantastic. That's great. Did they? I think they just made a new Pez similar to this one. That's supposed to come out. Here we go, baby. This is great. Boom, boom. Again, this is this is some of the most lightsaber work we've seen. You know, outside of his fighting with with uh, with Vader, like mm-hmm. using it practically. You yeah. know, in this movie, it's tons <laughs> I'm just of just sitting around <laughs> as usual. Luke and Leia are doing everything hot, sitting around. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Uh, get your blaster out. She didn't check back in? I like how there's a rotation. First, he was gone in two with the whole Tauntaun, and like, uh, he goes looking for him, and now they have to go look for Leia. And they were both you know, found by furry creatures. I just one love nicer, having the team together. That's so why nice. I like the second Avengers movie. I... You know, I love the origin stories, but I also love the ones where it's like, we've already had the origin stories, now we're having the team up and they're all together, boom, 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 you know? I just And they're like crossing the T's and dotting the I's and ending the Empire, you know? Like, they're they're taking care of it. Okay, oh, guys, here we go. so if you don't like Ewoks, there are multiple reasons why you don't. If you just think they're not cute and annoying, that's fine. But from a character and narrative building standpoint, I would argue they fit this role absolutely perfectly. Simmy? It's also a very believable situation, like that. Like, what's not believable that like would be inhabiting this jungle? Like, not a monkey because that'd be like Planet of the Apes ish, but just something different and something that you can make into a doll that will sell very well to kids of all ages. But like the Porgs, I don't. I mean, Ryan Johnson came up with the Porgs not just as a way to sell dolls. Like, there was a specific aesthetic reason that he wanted the Porgs. They didn't expect the Porgs to blow up. Like, that was a reveal early on that they, they did. They teased almost by accident. And they didn't expect people to respond to them so much. I'm not saying there's no cynicism here in terms of salesmanship, but they do serve a very specific plot point. Dude, do you, have you seen the Ewok movie? That's the thing. I have no recollection of the Ewok cartoons or movies in the 80s. I have no recollection. Yeah, I've been, they're expensive. They're not, they don't stream them. So, uh, but they're pretty expensive. I, I was thinking about buying them once and I was like, really? That's how much it was? And I didn't buy it. It's like a 45-minute cartoon. There's I mean, when it comes either. to holiday movies, cartoons, comic books, books, up until the recent years, I really didn't care about anything other than the original movies. Now I'm into the comic books and the books, but I never used to explore that stuff or care. Okay, look at, I'm sorry, this, this is what sells the Ewoks, is Princess Leia's unbelievable gentleness, humanity, and charisma winning Wicket over here. If this doesn't make you smile and warm your heart, then you are ice cold, people. Seriously, and it's not, 
like let's let's not forget like everyone's like oh they're just cute and stupid blah blah blah. like they're trying to eat people like that's what they do they eat people if people go around them you know they'll eat them and so can i like they're vicious the guy has a fucking spear yeah you know and originally like look at that face like i'm gonna stab you Timmy, i got whoa The, the warmth that. that Carrie Fisher shows in these scenes, <laughs> you cannot make you cannot make up, you cannot fake. She is truly this warm of a person. And look at how badass he is. He like knows what he's doing. He's like, I got this shit. You do what you will. Also, this is beautiful, like the scenery. And by scenery, you know where this is Carrie filmed? Fisher? Yeah, sorry. Do you know where this is filmed? I can't remember. Vancouver? I'm not sure. Um, they pretty much film all sci-fi in Vancouver these days. Vancouver is a lot of fun. I don't see. I have like a little note sheet. Or shoot, screenplay but like, story. Dude, on Battlestar, every time they go to any planet, it's just Vancouver with various filters over it, essentially. Box office... 475 million. That's a lot. A lot of cheese fries. That's a lot of cheese fries. Okay, so this is the Ewok theme. I love it. Plus you add the music. Plus you add the hilarious hijinks. The bottom line is, you can hate on Ewoks, but if you love the prequels and hate Ewoks, then I don't know what to tell you. Also, if you hate Ewoks, you probably are the same people who hate dogs, which, like, I don't trust you fuckers. If you actually hate dogs, it's well, just weird. If you just hate animals in general. I'm not going to say dogs because yeah. some people have bad experiences, but yeah. Oh, uh, that's true. Here I we go. Hold it, I guess. Look at this. Just like being in Revenge of the Sith when he's sitting on that thing. God, that chair looks so comfortable. You know it has a bunch of gizmos and shit, too. <laughs> he's like uh so, so this is interesting so the emperor uh, is the one who's certain <laughs> that it's the sun semi in empire and now vader's certain and the emperor says are you sure it's just interesting all right so the desert scenes were in the yuma desert in arizona redwood national park redwood national tatooines for uh for endor oh, Red, yeah. you're quicker than me that's, that's kind of cool. I know where Yuma National Park is. It's, uh, it's near Tucson. The ladies don't always like quicker. No, apparently not. So I've been told. So you think that's a purple chair in the background? Is that velvet? What is it, velvet? <laughs> if I had my way, I'd drape myself in velvet. <laughs> oh, man. Actually, I would actually wear velour jumpsuits every day. Not jumpsuits, like leisure suits, like Adidas pants and jackets all day long. Every day. Except so, when it was really You know, hot. the flow of episode five and six are similar in the huge set piece in the beginning, and then it's sort of a adventure with highs and lows of action in the middle. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think it really works for for the film. And... That's why I think ultimately The Force Awakens, to me, edges out Last Jedi for the current saga movies, because even though it takes a little too much from the original movies, it has that flow that I'm used to and I like in Star Wars. The Last Jedi flow is really bizarre. I was just thinking about how scared Han actually looks. 
This was so close right here the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, Chewie. Thinking with his stomach. <laughs> Whoop. Yeah, Luke knew. It was a trap. Weren't they with, like, a whole group of other soldiers, though, a second ago? Right. So the big question is, where are the rebel soldiers and where are the imperial soldiers, Pat? Right, exactly. I think it would make sense to say, fan out, stay on the boundaries, let us explore this so we don't all get caught if something bad happens. Yeah. And Chewie, don't be an idiot. I mean, dude, this is our prequel movie, right? This is the people who love the prequels specifically for all the planet jumping and the cultures and the world building and the aliens, right? I mean, I, I get it. Like, I think, right, this is sort of our, our version of that. This is better. Than, real is better than CGI if you can make it believable. No, forget and about that. Are, I know you and I agree on that. But what I'm saying is the thing. No, I wasn't we talking love, about that. I'm just I'm going okay. off on my own tangent because, like, all these Ewoks just got here. That's all I'm saying. That's why I was like. But look you know how distinct I mean? they look. You feel like you that's can what pet I'm, them. That's what I'm getting at. I'm not arguing the point. I'm just like, just like they all just rose out. And like, if people are like, oh, this sucks. It's like, really? They're all different. You don't believe that this race exists? Ewokies. <laughs> Han. Han. He's, he's picking a fight with these guys. So as He's we like, learn, need them. as we learn in Forces of Destiny, these guys have no problem eating human beings or other large Homo sapien-like life forms. <laughs> yeah, they think Chewie is like a bear. They'll eat him. Oh my goodness gracious! Who can blame them, though? Honestly, <laughs> I love how they're like praying to him. But why do they? I always wondered why they think he's a deity. Because he's a giant gold being. They've never seen metal or gold metal like that before. I don't think they have metal. Oh, okay. I get it. They have all stone and wood. And he knows what they speak. And he can speak to them. But it's such a religious thing. Some some prophecy that's like uh, Yeah. It's such a religious thing, though, to make someone your god and then sacrifice... I, on their behalf even when they're telling you not to you'd be like no 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 this is how you know what i mean like that's that's religion like he gets lucas gets in some religious commentary here which i i, I respect look at Han, i love this <laughs> you know we always talk about c3po's like personality but we never talked about like his makeup of his character about how he like his mouth doesn't move and he's still look very at, personable l- look at mark hamill laughing so C-3PO's major usefulness is as a, you know, a tool in the Jabba uh, rescue and then again as a tool with Luke to, to convince the Ewoks to let him go. He's, it's never like a willing, a, 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 a willful tool. It's all, you know what I mean? It's, he's just a, he's a right. non-player that is, you know, becomes a player. I don't know how to say it. All right. If we could pause, if we were pausing shit, I would just paused it at that original scene where you see like all those, this like this beautiful. basically. Who wouldn't want to go there? Yep. Honestly, who wouldn't want to go there for a weekend or an overnight or just like and like have a barbecue and like sleep there? You know, like, you know, it's like glamping. Look at that. Actually, Look speaking at those of tents. Willow. This 
this feels like maybe they took some of these sets for for Willow. Being I Lucas mean, production. why not? It's sad that they never did another anything else with Willow. Willow was good. I haven't seen it in They're years. Doing it again? Oh, are they just redoing Willow though? Oh, a little oh. Ewok. So they're they're like a, they're like monkeys, only not monkeys. They're Ewoks. No, but that's the thing. We think they're not intelligent, but then when in a bit when they get told the story of the Empire and they willingly join the cause, you realize they're way more intelligent than we thought. That's right. what makes it work for me. Especially because of his, uh, you know, very entertaining um, portrayal. Yeah, of that's the coolest thing. C three PO does the. Whole- oh my god! And look at her hair. They explain this in *A Force of Destiny*, by the way, how she got to look like this. Are my friends? Oh yeah, they don't speak English, sweetie. <sighs> <laughs> She's like, I've been here for a week. <laughs> they made me this dress. <laughs> She's all comfortable. Has anyone sold being a princess in an epic fantasy or sci-fi property even close to Carrie Fisher ever, in your opinion? Well, there's this movie, I forget, but this uh, this Queen Amidala lady does a good job. I love Natalie, but I think she's more convincing <laughs> as Padme than Amidala. Even though I, love I wanted her. to put you on the spot so you'd have to decide. I, I don't think you're wrong. You're right. I mean, like, and she's also based you, on the two sides. Time, of, she's she's based on the two sides of Leia, as we talked about. That's great. Both Jewish, by the way. This is a cool part. This is great. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, Luke's focus in this movie is unbelievable. I mean, he really has control of the Force, and that's why he's, you know, a straight Jedi. He looks like Yoda raising the X-Wing. <laughs> that was a little aggressive. <laughs> I love this. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing. See, they're me. still kissing on the mouth. When so, but he kid, still doesn't know where he's at with her. When you're a kid and you can only watch one per weekend, it's hard to not want to watch this one all the time, right? Yeah, I would. I, I mean, also, I feel like it, it, it takes you to the most worlds in an elaborate way. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll trade, I'll trade the Ewok for Hoth any day. You know. I Look at how this. cool that looks. I love this. And you could imagine. I don't know. As a kid, I could imagine like at summer camp or not summer camp, but like, I guess summer camp, like a vision like this where. You know, someone's doing some sort of an acting portrayal of a movie, and thinking like. Huh, that would be entertaining. But this, can I step in for a sec, Sam? Yeah. This was important. That Ewok was smoking a bowl. Even though they are, quote unquote, more primitive, this is important that it's not just straight up imperialism, that they tell the full story. Yes, it's simplified, but without lying and with all the complexity and that these 
even though they don't understand everything, that they'd be emotionally affected and that they would choose in a democratic way, essentially, to join them when they didn't have to, right? I I think think they also also realize that there's an occupation starting because they're not idiots. They know these stormtroopers have, like, set up bases down here. You know what I mean? And, like, up until this point, uh, you know, it hasn't caused too much of a problem, yeah. but you know, shit's going down and they're, and they're, that's the, that's the point. Their beings aren't idiots. Like this is, they're having a rational thought and a meeting of the heads right here. And they're looking for, you know, uh, some, 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 uh, solidarity from the people. It looks like everybody else is involved and, yes. you know, like, like the Dungans, you know, like the, the, the reciprocity, the reciprocal, like what's going to happen to the other worlds will now happen to yours as you can see this occupation beginning. So they they purposely join the fight as part of the resistance to resist them taking over their fucking planet, you know, and they didn't have to even say, and they're going to take it over your planet. Look, you know, like but really quick uh, before this amazing scene coming up, just really quick for all the quote unquote more advanced planets that choose sides between the separatists and the Republic and so forth. The prequels and this like quote unquote less advanced species to choose the right side, I think says something really significant. You know, it's not always how advanced you are that when you, ch- you know, like sometimes being more advanced actually muddies the waters in terms of morality. These, these guys naturally understand what the right side is. Yeah, yeah, and they obviously make the right choice. <laughs> this is great. Know? This is great. This double scene here with these two, and then go ahead. I'm gonna let you talk here. Go ahead. No, I, I, I was gonna just like try to watch this this scene because this is some of the. See, this is this is. I mean, they obviously she shouldn't remember anything. So she technically seems to remember a bit of Padme, and he remembers nothing. Right, but like she makes it sound like. Like she actually lived with her for a little bit, you know. Like if she died at birth, like they knew each other at the same amount of time. So it's either fake. Well, maybe is she talking about? Um, we don't know. We don't know who she's talking about. This is one of the faux pas. This whole conversation could have been done differently if they knew how things were going to, you know, grow later on. But, you know, it doesn't matter. The emotional part, truth yeah. resonates, which is the important. Yeah, part. yeah, sure. But the storyline, it fucked it a little bit. I mean, with these with these movies, it's always an issue of transformation of information. How much should he tell her? How much should he not tell her? You know? And how much does she need to know? And what does she already know, as we soon know? But this sets up the bringing her closer to Han, also possible tension, and the great comedic payoff at the end about, it's okay, I won't get in the way. <laughs> Which, in this mo- moment, you know, this, they don't really take into the account this whole genocidal maniac being actually her father and his father. Like, you we'll know, that's that. the more depressing we'll thing. Sammy, so, we might need to do a Bloodline book review, actually. Oh, or book true. talk, yeah. Especially with the Padme I'll go through it again. Yeah, got a couple flights. Here it goes. My up. father has it. I have it. And my sister. Oh God. Why did I kiss you on the mouth? <laughs> if I've always known, why did I kiss you on the mouth? That's creepy. 
maybe I need to reevaluate things. <laughs> well, we know she felt it in Empire. She's not wrong. I mean, this is Casablanca. You need you need overacting in these moments in these dramatic epic movies. Hey, the good part about it is it's a quick scene. It's not a lot. I love scene. it. I love it, honestly. I think it was needed. I mean, this is this is like also this setting is up literally the, the yeah. fulcrum of the galaxy right here. The entire universe is based on this interaction. It's got to be a little dramatic, Sibby. By the way, from that scene, it, depending on where Han saw it from, mm-hmm. right from there, it looked like they actually kissed right there. Yep. And he's still not going to be accusatory, but like he's still, he's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, you just want to do shit with him, motherfucker. Hey Sam. Mm-hmm. I need a, another break up here. Okay. When do you want to call it? <laughs> Luke, now you you know. cause it? That's why the corniness works for me because Hot Solo comes in and immediately is just like a scoundrel. This was great. This is great. Hold me. I the way she just goes, I and doesn't say anything, I love that's brilliant acting. Hold, brilliant. Hold me. <laughs> and and he's glad to hold her, but he's still not comforted until the end when she, he realizes the truth. But it's it would be foolish right. to tell him now. And he's like sweet. All right, so here we have the Death Star. Beautiful shot down to the moon of Endar. The Tidarian shuttle always looks amazing. Two, one, go. So this is also a great scene with all these pine trees and everything. It's a beautiful, beautiful scene, and the and the landing pad right in the middle of the pine tree. I mean, come on. I love, I love, I love, mm-hmm. it's a, they're infiltrating the bears and the bears are pissed that they're like fucking with their place. How many trees do they have to knock down to build that base, that landing pad? The Ewoks fucking know. They're not going to take this shit. So here's the thing, Sammy. Say what you will about the Jabba and Skiff scene. Say what you will about the Ewok stuff. Dagobah. But it doesn't matter because the extended Luke Vader Emperor stuff, for me, is still among <laughs> the best, if not the best, Star Wars stuff we've gotten today, personally. And that's ultimately why I love this movie. Go ahead. Uh, they have really good... Uh, again, like him being in a mask with not showing any facial features, like this walk is epic to me. You know, like the, this this walk with each other, like they, they this is like their their reconciliation between each other where he, he gets his last plea for him to, you know, join, you know, join the power of good. So this begins the redemption idea, man, which is can we truly redeem someone like Vader? And even if we can does that let them off the hook? Like if he doesn't die, can he rejoin society like Kylo Ren? Like this is my problem with the whole redemption side of, of uh, star Wars. I love how he like gives him a compliment. He's like, Oh, he did a right job. Good work here. 
Because remember, in his mind, they're going to replace the Emperor, these two. Right. And Siths, Siths are like warlords. They like always get double crossed by other warlords that mm-hmm. like they like work with. You know, it's like it's the gang. How do you start a gang? I don't know. He used to be and, my gang, and then uh, he started his own. Could jump in. Could jump in real quick. Yeah. And again, the way you know how we talk about Yoda and Obi Wan saying things to get results as opposed to necessarily telling the truth. Uh-huh. Luke up here says, "Well, then my father is really dead, but he's th- he's still trying to get a result out of Vader. He doesn't actually believe it, right? It, it, this is all manipulation on all three of the main players coming up to get results. We can't take anything at face value." Yeah, it's too late for me, son. It's like you you know in Last Jedi when, when Ray really goes after Kylo. And, and he, and you, you know, why do you hate? Why did you hate Han Solo? And Kylo says, "I didn't hate Han Solo." Are we meant to believe that at face value? Is he getting a reaction out of Ray? Is he saying, "I'm just just trying to prove myself to Snoke"? We never know with these characters. Yeah, you never know what the. Because I believe plan that. To- I actually think he didn't hate Han Solo. It was a weakness that he needed to prove himself. I don't think he actually hated him, but who knows? And this is the conflict within him. You know, right here. And he you can't see his face. Mm-hmm. I would like to get the discussion going towards the modern trilogy, though, man, because of the worship of Kylo, of Vader. Even though Vader turns, quote unquote, to the light side, he says, I will finish what you started. Kind of, You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting to look back and see what Kylo, Kylo's very selective memory about Vader, what he knows. Yeah, and Kylo is also like this dark teen who like is like relishing in this like darkness, like oh he's so cool, blah blah blah, and like they think he's something special, but like same like you know he killed all these horrible people, like I mean, or not he didn't kill all these horrible people. He is a horrible person. He killed all these people, like you know, like how can you know? It's great he put balance to the oh! force and like <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Sorry, I'm gonna lose my scratch on her. Woo! Oh, it's great. Oh my god, I love Rogue One. This is still the best space battle of all time. You might, yeah, you're not wrong. Here we go. Oh, General Calrissian, baby! Woo! It's too bad they don't have Admiral Aratus. That guy's balls to the wall. (laughs) Oh my god, my my, god! That's a little racist, right there. No, it's not. It's just an alien. It's racist to not have other uh, accents represented, in my opinion. All right. Here we go. Calamari, the most badass. They've got the best ships, the best tacticians. I they love do. it. They know what they're doing, considering they live underwater. Here we go, baby. Look at this. The only thing that's better than the jump out is the jump in. <laughs> and the Ewoks. Oh, my God. I mean... This is a great scene. Simi... Do a little psychoanalysis. the force. Do a little psychoanalysis on the Bizzle. There are so many reasons why Return of the Jedi and Rogue One are my favorite, but it can't be a coincidence that the biggest and most epic space battles are in those two movies, right? It's not a coincidence. You know, you know, not only that, but like, there's so many things going on at once, and I can't believe that people think this doesn't have a good flow. Like, it has such a great multi-level plan, and like everything has to go well. 
And the fact that Luke actually gets out I of it alive. I agree with your very first statement crazy. in this commentary, which is it's a soothing flow through this movie, as crazy as it gets. I totally agree with that. Oh, no. It looks like our friend decided it. This is awesome. <laughs> and this is not the, this was not the plan. No. But this, that's why the Ewoks are great. The they don't give a fuck. <laughs> Look over there. Stop him. That's great. You know what but the difference works. is? Really quick, can I just tell you? The difference with the space battles in Rogue One and, and Jedi. Without the giant space battle in Return of the Jedi, it wouldn't be quite as good. But <laughs> Rogue One arguably still would have been as good without the giant space battle. And that just adds to the amazingness. <laughs> yeah, baby! I love the Ewoks. <laughs> if you can't enjoy this, I, I, I'm not going to make fun of you or get on you. I just feel bad for you. Woo! This is such a great thing that happened. He just took it upon himself to go kamikaze and, and steal the bike. Sammy, you know? we haven't mentioned the big thing, which is this is the darkest movie by far, and we're about to get there, and a little bit of cuteness helps with that. I like that this guy survives, though. Here we go. <laughs> look. <at laughs> Here comes the classic Han Solo look. Haha, <laughs> motherfucker. Oh, no, it comes in here. Mm. I really uh again the scenery is incredible how they walk into this this like other you know go. fort this base and it looks like something different. Here we go. Oh my god. Sammy, this is That's the best. Great. And this is why the Ray Kylo Snoke stuff is the best in Last Jedi. I, I don't know what it is about these throne room scenes with the big furry characters. I just can't get enough. I love the interaction. This this conversation is incredible that they have. Is this their first? This is their first meeting. Do you agree? He's never met the emperor. Do you agree though that the Ray Kylo Snoke stuff is similar enough in some ways and different enough in some ways to make it still awesome? If that makes sense. They did a good enough job separating, but there, there, you know, there's a lot of parallels which are on purpose, which give us the. I love that share, but yeah, they give us that that theme. So in our lore podcast that's coming up, we have to talk about Palpatine, where he might come from, and so forth. And what he actually is. like Is he 100 years old? Is he 3,000 years old? Who fucking knows? Right. <laughs> so we talk about how this is major security threat in this room, all the places to hide from Luke. You know what I mean? It's not exactly, you know. Oh, I love this. You're gravely mistaken. Those eyes are so fucking scary. Oh, look at that. He's like, oh, oh, really, bitch? He's so cocky. Simi, there is no property on this planet where you can have these long stare-offs where nothing happens other than a few words and staring each other down, you know, like Kylo and, and, uh, and Rey in Episode 7, like only in Star Wars. I love that he's been in all nine movies. Who? Palpatine. No, he's not been in new movies. No, he's been in all the movies. Not the new except ones. Except for Rogue One. No, he's not been in Episode 7, 8. Oh, you're right, you're right. But he's in he's in the, the he's in the other three though. Do you know what I mean? C three like the same actor. Isn't he the same actor? Isn't it Ian What, Snoke? No, Snoke's Andy Snoke. No. 
No, I'm saying Palpatine is Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the same in the prequels right. as Ian McDermott, but he's not right, in episode right. seven and eight. Yeah. Right, 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 right. That's what I meant. The and six. it was smart I, not to have I him meant, in Rogue I mean One. That. You didn't right. need him. Yeah. Mm-mm. Look at that purple velvet. Oh, my God. You needed Vader because that made that Vader scene, the transfer over uh, at the end and then the beginning of New oh, Hope, really awesome. Here it is. Walking into a trap. I know all about it. It looks like he has an alien baby on his head. I mean, this twist is so much more interesting than all the Palpatine twists in the prequels, right? Even if it's more obvious. Oh, this is, I'm, afraid I'm afraid the Defractor Shield is fully operational <laughs> when your friends arrive. Almost like a Harry Potter bad guy, right? It's great. Oh, worse. He's great. Here we go. Oh, I love how they kicked this guy into the shield thing, I think, right? Ah! Look at that. That's incredible. If I watched this movie now, I'd be like, this is, it's great. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be like, yeah, the special effects were awesome. You know what I mean? But I'd be like, it's a good movie. You know, like, it's amazing that they made this this long ago. I, I, I've probably said that 19 times during this movie, but like, yep. it's fun. it still holds up. It's funny, Simi, I listened back to my original 2015 commentaries of the original trilogy, none of which I released, and now I've done them again with my people, and this was the hardest one to do initially. It still is. Oh, here we go, baby! Woo! Rebel scum. (laughs) Yeah! Actually, the jumping in Rogue One's better. That was still pretty good. Oh, I got the B-Wings, the A-Wings, Y-Wings, X-Wings. Oh, yeah, baby! Yes, Wedge. I love Wedge. Blue leader. Uh, oh, gray. Sorry. I said, I said, I wanted to be Wedge. I don't need to be a main character. I want to be the best pilot as a side character. Wedge. That's, look how look good this looks. May the force be with us. Yes. Oh, I was wrong. I was fucking wrong. I said Jyn Erso's the only one that said that. Fucking Akbar said I'm an idiot. I love that Lando susses this out immediately. They know we're coming. He's so smart. You got to read the Lando comics. He's so smart. Oh my god. Yeah, he figures it out. He knows. He's so smart. And by the way, it shows the evolution of the rebellion. They make him a general and Han in general. They're like, these are the guys. They're they're scoundrels. We need their brains. Right. They need to understand the process. And Lando in a bit. Oh, here we go. Oh, tie interceptors. Woo! Yes, we got Asians, we got black people, finally. That pink visor's a little much, I'll be honest. Are you kidding me? That's my favorite. I want that. No, I want Wedge's outfit. Actually, there's a, the, one of the Pez, the, the Luke Pez is, uh, mm-hmm. is in the orange fighter suit. All right, every single line in shot from here until the end of the movie is brilliant and perfect. So in this part, you know, remember when I was go. talking about how yeah. in uh, in the in in the Last Jedi and in um, well, they they just kill so many. Yeah, in the Last Jedi, they kill so many fucking uh, ships. In this, you don't realize. You know what I mean? They're not like you're making. He's watching it, but like it's not as graphic as, as it was in Last Jedi, which I actually kind of like respected more. You know, at the end where they're like just just annihilating the last bits of the ships, and like a few make it in the end, but. Um, here you're not noticing like that they're getting like fucked up, 
You know what I mean? They they're not, they don't emphasize it. You know it's happening, but like you don't you don't realize it. Palpatine does this all the time. We see it in the prequels in this movie. He extends out these scenarios in order to manipulate one person, like Anakin in the prequels. That's the thing. The Palpatine character is totally makes sense in all the movies, prequels and sequels. I'll give it to Lucas. I I I guess I'm kind of disappointed. That they ki- I liked how they killed Snoke, but like I guess I'm kind of disappointed that he's gone. All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's be present here. So, again, the reason there's not even more Imperial troops on this planet is because it would put up a red flag and they would have never have come down here, right? So, th- there's a reasonable amount. And the, and the Ewoks aren't going to defeat them. They just need to cause enough havoc. Right. Just enough for a diversion. And many Ewoks die for that diversion. All right. So, Simi, we're going to have some... We're going to have some, uh, a little bit of, of postscript after this movie. So from here out, let's just do play-by-play and talk about how amazing this final bit is, okay? Yeah, this is another like kind of sectioned-off like specific battle, similar to the one in the beginning. You know, like This is like a specific goal. I mean, this is the whole wrap-up, but it's the same. You know, It's a segue and a segment of it, and it's another little war. <laughs> yeah, these, these shofars are great. Shofarim? And yeah, at that, they're shitty bows, you know, fine. But they, again, they're not trying to kill them. They're just there. And then they can, they can get a, the upper hand and still knock down the shield. Look at Leia. She took out a sniper first shot. Look at her. Dude, I'm a, I'm a little stuffed up, so talk for a little bit here. Sorry, I, I was like waiting for you to say something. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Alive. go ahead. So this is a good battle scene in general. Like, and I like how R two has to come, like you know, bust the lock open. And there's great CGI, not CGI. I mean, like this. These are mini droids, right? Like this is a smaller shot, correct? Yeah, and I think the battle on Kessel is very underrated in the solo movie where we have Lando and Han and Kira fighting. Right? That's a super fun. Yeah, and look at that. The, 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 they have the wings. They, they, they got wings? Shit. And I know they're just landing. Look at him body slam that, that Ewok. But there's still, you know, enough of a diversion to, to, you know, take over the fort again. This is great. Some of the traps work, some don't. It's fantastic. And Simi, this for is- the people who are like, only one Ewok dies, I'm like, clearly you don't understand how symbology works in filmmaking. <laughs> right. And, you know, <laughs> remember in uh, Spider-Man, remember that old movie? Right. Where they, they tripped those things with the rope? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he hits himself in the face. <laughs> yeah. He's not perfect. Here it comes. Well, here heart. comes the headshot in a sec. I think. I love how deep and husky uh, Carrie Fisher's voice is already. She's starting to sound like minor Carrie Fisher already. It's fantastic. And she doesn't have to yell because of her deep voice. It's so, it's perfect. She's great. And R2-D2 to the rest of you. That's the whole thing also. Like, they're a team, you know? They all do, you know, you were giving C-3PO some credit earlier. But, the, you know, they're, they're all. Uh, here comes the music. You can hear the sad music already. Go. Oh, no. 
they're all doing something. You know, the Ewoks played their role. Arch- this is what me, you Archie are fighting DG's for. Role. You can't do these movies and not have something to fight for. These is exactly the species and type of, you know what I mean? You need someone to fight for. These are the people you're fighting for. Yeah, oh, there's shit. at least Woo! a couple. That's a beautiful sa- scene. We're at three, two, pull in. Oh, this guy's going down. Oh, yeah, baby. Green leader. The tactics. Nice. The thing is, it's not as thick as the Rogue One battle, but the tactics of each ship is fantastic. And oh, those it, X-Wing fighters. I don't know if I missed it with Lando, but he talks about getting closer to the fleet in order to tighten things up. I'm going to reread Bloodlines just to like hear already, about the oh, X-Wings. That's great. Here we go. Pressure steady. Again. I mean, this is World War II, dude. This is what it sounds like. Yeah. Wow. Here it comes. Here it comes. I'm going to jump in here. Fuck. Yeah. By the way, Look at that. the impressions of Billy D. Williams are way more stereotypical than his actual delivery, which is very subtle. He's great. He's got a great voice. I can't wait for him in episode I'd, nine. I'd love to like listen to him read a book. So, so the fact that the Emperor wants not to destroy the fleet is what gives them a chance because he needs to string this out for Luke. And Lando recognizes it and says, okay, well, let's get away from the Death Star and get to the fleet. It's great tactics by Lando coming up. Again, another battle station. <laughs> another character playing his position in the team. And like that's the whole thing. Your confidence in your friends. It's like... You know, that's your weakness, but it's actually his greatest strength because they all... Even the fact that they recognize that Lando's better leading in the air and Han on the ground is great. Oh, no! Oof. Billy D's amazing in this movie. I know it's all space battle stuff. He's so great. Yeah, prepare to retreat. Fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Smart man, Akbar. No, Billy D's a smart man. They have no chance. This is their only chance. That's the only time. The hand of Akbar Because think about Simeon. When you move the fleet into the Imperial fleet, it makes it harder for the Death Star to target them, right? That's the whole point. Right. And they are, this is their, yeah, they won't get another shot at it. As you said in our, your opening. Sorry, guys, of my volume. Isn't that worth dying? Down. We're coming. Oh, there's the headshot. <laughs> you don't see that much in Disney. Han, he's see, he's also like a little, you know. Archie mm-hmm. Gigi just risked his life to come like I mean, save let's him. Let's be and honest. He didn't care. <laughs> Rogue, ah! Rogue One was like, hey, what if we did Endor, but with people versus people and lots of dying? <laughs> oh, R two. Yeah, he always gets fixed. Well, Here we yeah. go. Here we go. I can hotwire this thing. <laughs> Leia immediately. Sp- Guarding. Oh, this is great. They fight so well together. That's what I love. Why wasn't he doing that in the first place? Jesus. Well, because R2 on, is the best alt is the best option. Here comes the dying. Oh. That's two, at least. Who no, says he gets one? up, That's but it doesn't two. matter that it's one. It's symbolic of all the death. Oh. As opposed to Rogue One. I'm going, I'm going, boom. I'm going, I'm going, boom. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Oh! Yes. As it closer, get as close as you can engage those starter stories at point blank range. Yep. 
Yep. <laughs> Damn right. Lando the man. Oh, man. No, this is last minute shit. Here we go. You know, this oh. is like, oh, there's your boy with a pink visor. At least maybe that did See, that's something. funny that you see it that way. I always thought it was like a Tony Stark holographic kind of thing. Yeah. Anyways, here we go. Yep. There is no escape. God, Ian McDermott. My young apprentice, just like Darth Maul, right? With Ezra? Right. He's just calling him. He's just stealing his apprentice. See, but that's the thing. He didn't have a good leader because Obi-Wan died so uh, quickly. And uh, Yoda, he spent like, what, three days with him? How long is that time span that he spends with Yoda? Sorry, I'm just watching this. Take care. Strike me down with all your hatred. Look at those teeth. Did we miss the your your overconfidence will be your undoing, your faith in your friends will be yours? Uh, I think so. When they first come in, I think that's that line. All right, here we go, baby. So initially, spoiler alert, there was rumors that initially they were going to do a whole planet of fucking uh, Wookiees. But honestly, this is way more affecting to me because they're the, way more the underdogs. Wookiees are <laughs> insane fighters. <laughs> and I also think they did a good job with just inserting the Wookiees in Solo, uh, in Clone Wars, and throughout different things uh, and not doing that. Well, and it completely, it completely disempowers uh, Chewie in this movie if it's all Wookiees. Also, his story, I believe he's supposed to be one of the last. I think they kill a lot of the Wookiees. Well, we see so, him with Yoda in episode three at the end. Right. But there, I think there's only a few left. I don't think there's like a whole Wookiee army at that point. Yeah, they've been enslaved into the mines of Kessel. Right. And usually powerful slaves like that don't last. They usually kill them off in most. I mean, look. This is totally, I grew up with this. I'm completely subjective. I can't argue against people who don't like this. I love the Ewoks. That's just my final thought. I love it. I think they're so much fun. And as a kid, it made it like like your thing. Like, it, I don't know. It, it, I, I, I guess, like, you know, you, you can look at it like a grown-up or an older person in, like, a great sci-fi movie and be like, oh, why do they have these stupid puppies in there? But, like... They have such a great role. These are this isn't just comic relief. Like this is pretty good. You know? Like yeah. that's pretty good. And I don't agree with effect. the toy things. Like, I had tons of Star Wars toys. I had no Ewok toys. Like I still loved them, but that wasn't what I was playing with. It's true. It's not like they made a bunch of teddy bears. I had a wicked the Ewok little cup that we still let my nephews use. That's about it. We had more like uh, lightsabers at, at like various stages. So this year then... you can tell is a model, but it's it still is great. I don't know how they did these explosions in eighty and eighty three. Here we go! I got it. Oh. It's great pyrotechnics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people that's like classic that. Han. Oh, here we go. She's such a badass. Here it comes. This is what we call mirroring people. 
<laughs> God, she's beautiful. Oh, great lines. She grits her teeth when she shoots. I love it. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. The Ewoks. They made it dramatic. That's great. But they don't hold too long. Wait. <laughs> I was going to say with the blood on his hands. I got an idea. That's the thing, man. I mean, it's it's divided between the people who like this Han and who like the scoundrel Han. I like this Han. Also, this is a much better lightsaber fight than uh, the Obi-Wan. Um, actually, this is the best lightsaber it fight It is. Up to this you know point. what, though? After me doing the one of the nine movies or whatever I did solo, the new commentaries was Empire. And this... The, the the vader luke fight in empire at the end it was actually way better than i remembered just from a technical standpoint in addition to an emotional standpoint but this is yeah the best we've ever seen his outfit too he's like kind of mirroring his dad at some level like with all the black the whole time we need to talk about that why is he wearing black <laughs> although chirrut wears black too Maybe he'd have a brown cloak. No, he has the black cloak. Well, he still has a green lightsaber. I also think the connectivity of the lightsabers doesn't fully realize until this movie. I feel like You're some of the lightsabers are different colors. I feel the good in you, the conflicts. So right, here's the question. If there's good in Vader and Vader kills the Emperor at the end... He may be redeemed, but he's not forgiven, right? For the genocide? I mean, am I wrong? This whole scene is pretty great. And the fact that the Emperor is like just watching them, like, you know, go at it. Well, let's. He says, if you will not fight, you will meet your destiny. And I gave that quote in the beginning. What does he mean by destiny? Death or by my side, or, yeah. No, it's, a, it's the opposite of what he thinks. He thinks it means death, but it actually means victory. Right. Here we go, baby. Woo! Squad in 06. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I yeah. want to make a Michigan State uh. shirt that says Green Leader on it. Anyway. Come on, Hanold. Hanold, buddy. Don't let me down. <laughs> People call him Han and Han. No, but right? I love how they explain Han and, and Solo. That's actually one of the things I do like. Yeah. Because he says it to fuck with him, you know? <laughs> oh, like it's like his, uh, you know, like mispronouncing his name on purpose. Uh-huh. Right. I gotcha. Sabak, Sabak. <laughs> look at this mm-hmm. Han Solo look right here. Uh, look at him. <laughs> oh, man. So, look, it needs to be said, That's man. That's the Michael Jordan our, show. Our listeners know this, but Harrison Ford felt strongly that Han Solo should die in this movie to add stakes to it. And in retrospect, this was the right choice, especially because of the amazing death scene in, in Force Awakens, but I can see where he was coming from. I also think he... Is it true that he was trying to just get out of it? No, no. He was going to act in most of the movie. He just thought the death would be... And they didn't think they were doing any more movies. No, I thought he was done with this whole thing. No, in episode seven, sure. that was part of the equation. But in this movie, right. he just thought it would add to it. I mean, he came up with the I love you, I know, too. So, Okay, here we go. Here it is. Simi, I talk about this all the time. 
the only way you could get me to go dark is by threatening my sister. And that's why I really relate to what's coming up here. Your sister. You could threaten me all day long. You threaten my sister? Uh Uh-uh. Wow. Now he goes to another level. Amazing Leia was hidden this long. You know, that might be a little bit of a hole that he never knew that that was his daughter. You know? I don't know. He was right. Fathers are obsessed with sons. I get it. Right. But like he, uh, you know, force tortured her. Hold on. This is it. This music, this fight, pure brutality. You can tell Luke's already has the advantage. I mean, that's the thing, man. That's never talked about. Vader isn't that strong without his crazy force powers because of how twisted he is, right? In the post-Obi-Wan fight. Right. Physically, he doesn't have... Yeah. That's why he uses all the force powers in Rogue One. Watch this. He goes down before Luke even hits him. Who cares? There it goes. Boom. And that's why, maybe why... um Okay. Oh, wow. This is dramatic. I said there were three changes in this movie I don't like. The main one happened a long time ago. The second one's coming up in a bit. I don't care that one. Your hate has made you powerful. Strike him down. That's like an awful thing he's experiencing. This is great. It takes almost no time for him to realize he's going down the wrong path. I love it. Yeah, he looking at his fake hand, looking at the hand he just chopped off. That's great symbolism. I don't think that was necessary though. By the way, it's there's just... there's a couple great emperor lines coming up here that in different contexts I agree with, not in this context. I'll point them out. Not this one, obviously. Then you shall die. I don't know why he dropped his lightsaber. Like, you know. So now he's going to try to kill you. In a little bit, the emperor says, you will pay for your lack of vision. Boom. Right. I'm always criticizing people for their lack of vision, but not in that sense. There we go. Woo. Yeah, baby. All right, Simi, Simi, I'm going to say it right now. I, I don't know how they went inside the guts of the Death Star here, and I've never seen it again, and I don't know how they did it, and I don't think anyone knows how they did it. I think this is a secret that nobody knows. We've never seen this again. Which? Going into the guts through? of the Death... We'll get there. Right. I mean, skimming the surface in the original Star Wars is nothing compared to what we're about to see. Yeah. So he's like, so I get to stay as your, your apprentice, dude? Like, how does he let him, like, come up next to him? He's just toying with him, and that's his mistake. Well, remember, he's still trying to figure out who his Sith apprentice is going to be. So maybe Luke gets strong from this, or maybe Vader recovers, or maybe neither of them do. I mean, he's already gone through Maul. He's gone through Dooku, you know? He's gone through Anakin. Well, I think he thinks it's a disposable role. It You've paid level. the price for your lack of vision, yeah. The thing is, the Emperor's right, but not in the way he thinks. And then he saves him. I mean... 
So how do you feel about about to kill him too? How do you feel about that? I I mean, he still ultimately chooses the right thing, but like he just I mean, he's also right that he should die. Like he shouldn't live. Like he's like, I'm a horrible being, you know? And that's why he decides to stay in the ship while it goes down. But again, the the Emperor is just like toying with him. You know, he could kill him at any point. He's just like torturing him for fun. And like, he's like doing it in front of his father as almost a taunt, almost. He's just like, yeah, so I'll just Palpatine kill you, son. for hundreds of years has foreseen all of this and he doesn't foresee this coming. This is what's so interesting. So I don't actually huh? mind the no because right. if you were watching it for the first time, you would never think to question it. They added that no in there. Mm-hmm. So I don't really he mind. Just, I don't mind because they pick they pick him. He just and it was a little awkward. Let's be honest. Growing up with no talking and just throwing him over the side, it was a little awkward. Right, and it's also like happens mm-hmm. like very, like it's not quick. It takes a second for him to throw him over. So here's the question. He kills the emperor. He saves his son's life. He dies. Is he redeemed? What's the definition of redemption? But we shouldn't forgive him. Here we go. Okay, Sammy, sorry. 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 We'll save that. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, so now it looks like episode four, and now they're about to go in. And I don't know how they did this. We've never seen anything like this since then. I don't know how they did this. Woo! Wow. Oh man, watch this. And what's great is this actually goes on beyond Luke the Luke Vader stuff. It keeps going. This is incredible. Yeah. I mean, considering Do you know what this would cost to do CGI wise? I have yeah. no idea how they did this. I have no clue. Oh, that's a great. This like makes me feel good inside just watching this. Was that Briggs? Here we go. And what's great is the Falcon and the Wedge each take down one of the towers. Whoop. Oh, my God. There I it goes. So f- yeah, it's like. All right. He lost Wedge the is such a boss. Did. Yes. Akbar. Oh, this is great. Look at that. This, here we go. This kamikaze is coming up, baby. Boom. Yeah. Intensify the void batteries. Here, co- here comes Rogue One style, Oof. baby. Sacrifice for the greater good. Green leader. Oh, boom! Oh, baby. Watch this. Lights up like a candle. The super star destroyer, and then look. This is the look on the face I talked about in Rogue One with Radis right there. Yeah. Good work. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god. Similar to what they did in the in uh in Last Jedi when they uh when she rams the one ship into another ship, you know? How does no one notice that he's dragging Darth Vader? <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> Of course, the it's a white guy. Baddest black man in the galaxy, and they take off the mask, and it's a crusty old white guy. Bullshit. 
think a white guy could talk like this. Who's the actor? I forget the name of the guy. So did James Earl Jones just did the voice, and then this other guy mm-hmm. is the actual guy? No, no. There's right? three people. There's the people who did was inside the Vader suit doing all the physical movement. Then there's James Earl Jones, and then there's this guy who's a real actor who just did the death scene. Right. Yeah. He looks like an egg. He looks just like an egg. You look great, Dad. <laughs> To me, this was always sad as a father-son thing, but never like we've redeemed Vader and all, every all his sins are forgiven. That's such a Christian thing, right? I, I just don't believe in that. Right, and this is the naivety of like, I'm going to save you. There's nothing left to One save. good act, no matter how good it is, doesn't forgive a lifetime of genocide and horribleness. He did save millions and millions and millions of people, though. After he so, killed millions and millions and millions of people. He did bring balance to the force. I'm saying if he lives here, do we let him go? I still say we kill no, him and put him in jail. No, yeah. no, no, but that's the whole point why this is done properly. Like, he could, I he know, knows but he could I'm probably, sick of all the Kylo worshippers out there. Himself here. Yeah, I know. He kills himself here. I don't deserve to live. But dude, there's so many of the Raylo Kylo worshippers who are like, oh, Ray's going to save Kylo and they're going to be together and everything's going to be wonderful. Bah, 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 bah. They're going to be together? Oh yeah! What? Oh, dude, you don't These know. These people are idiots. I know. That's disgusting. That's why you're my senior Star Wars contributor now. One of many reasons. All right, here we go, baby. Woo! Look how beautiful this is. Watch this. And what's great is <laughs> getting again. Out- we got here how? And, and, <laughs> and getting out of here is just as exciting as getting in here, right? North Tower. Oh, I love that wow. wedge. Is one of the two? Yeah, baby. Proton torpedoes. Woo! Uh, I think we got it. Look at this. How'd they do this? We never see this. <laughs> uh, uh, let's get out of here. Wow. In the nick of time. Way to go, Wedge. No need to do any uh, new stuff on these edits. George Lucas looked amazing 50 years ago. Woo! Here wow. we go, baby. Yeehaw! Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so glorious. It's such an orgasm. I love it. I do think they should like jump right there, though, because like, that would actually kill them. Here it comes. One of the great comedic deliveries of all time. Because this proves his love for Leia. I always talk about this. The fact that even though he's way off here, the fact that he's willing to let Leia go here, it proves his love and how much he's matured, right? It's great. So am I. That's great. How old is she? 23? 4? 20. In this this movie? 25. Look at him. Don't you... Well, yes. All right. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> He's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. But this is maturity. This is maturity right here. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. 
This is all Kazdin, man. I'm telling and you. And guess who my father is. This is all Kazdin. This is great. She actually tells him here that, that at this point, which they don't get into, he finds out within a day or so that Vader is her father. And as we're going to well. talk about that with Bloodline. Yeah, all we right. need to do a So, really quickly, Simmy, my third problem with the changes has to do with placing Yub Yub with the giant epic song that's coming up but because it's so beautiful and it makes sense and it's a beautiful song i can't hate on it and the fact that i can still get yub yub which i'm ending all of our podcast with by the way is yub yub i'm okay and we get this scene i also am okay with hayden christensen here and initially that annoyed me but in the continuity of the films i get it go ahead i i always uh i did like with uh the the melted helmet that that ben has uh from this as a relic like i always thought that was pretty cool because you know he doesn't do the 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 force thing where he disappears and like you know it's this helmet and so like what who how did ben get that helmet you know that's what i'm always wondering which is kind of cool because you're like how the fuck did he get that melted helmet because like where it's assumed it's left here i bet luke has it at the academy and he finds it so this yeah. is it. This so is this, all new this stuff. This ending is like so kid stuff, fucking, but which is great. I mean, like, such, here's the bigger such, problem. Like, Wait, hold on, Simi, Simi, hold on, hold on. I'm pulling a bizzle here. The bigger problem is not that this is all new and CGI and blah blah blah. The problem is the lore is that the galaxy is not freed after that battle, and they have to free Naboo here. They have to free Tatooine. They have to free Coruscant. They don't all celebrate because they're still under imperial control. But whatever. Oh, there's some Gungans there, dude. This song is beautiful. I can't complain. It, this is a gorgeous, like, world music-y kind of song. I, I really, because the music, I can't complain. And then All we right. still see the Ewoks dancing. So that, all that was added in. It really was just This is this, still all added right? musically. It's a gorgeous song. I can't complain. Right. But growing up, the Yub Yub celebration made me cry as a kid and made me feel great. And so I felt betrayed for a while, but I got over it. Right. Because we still end up with the Ewoks and the pilots, which is what we want. This is awesome, by the way. They turned the helmets into drums. After they, they ate probably them. Ate, yeah. They ate them. Uh, uh, uh. Woo, Simmy, we did it, baby. Woo. Wow. I would love to spend a weekend. I always felt that Sophie were like this. Oh, there's Wedge. I feel like we just saved the galaxy. Oh, she brings them back to reality. I love it. And they all look spotless. Great. Wedge, yeah, baby. Oh, it's Timmy. This is great. J.J. Abrams, you got a lot to live up to in episode nine. <laughs> Seriously. Here we go. Here it comes. And <laughs> Hayden Christensen. I'm sorry, Hayden, for all my insults <laughs> over the years. It's not your fault. Oh, it's I love that. It's laying Luke in the end. It's not your fault. Look at them. She brings them back. It's not your fault. Sammy, we did it, baby. We did the whole thing. Woo! It was great. That's a great postcard. Oh, screenplay by Lars Kasdan and George Lucas. Yes. <sighs> Sammy, we, we did it. We did it. 
That movie's glorious. I feel like we should play the music like right now. Mm. Yeah, go for it. Oh wait, as long as as long as I get to play something. Yeah. I'll turn it down. No, keep doing your thing. Sebastian Shaw. Yep, that's him. Hmm. All right. That's Talk up. to me, Simmy. No, Talk to me. How you feeling? Oh, I feel good. I feel fulfilled. I mean, honestly, it's like a nice uh, day at the spa, this movie. I mean, the beginning, the end, the flow. It's a great journey. I mean, like when I when I look for movies, I search for an adventure like this one. Like there's always that scene in never ending story when he, he eats half a sandwich and then he puts the other half away. It's like, I'm going to need this. It's going to be a long journey. That's how I feel about like going on movies or oh, watching wait, can I, or reading can I play a the song. Book. Can I play the song real quick? Yeah. So ultimately like, that's how I feel. Like I rate all other adventures to this fucking adventure. Here, let me turn this off. <laughs> yeah. That's what I grew up with, baby. That's great. That's great. I, I think we did a great job. Let's dive into it. Alright, baby, let's dive in. Let's dive in. We promised the Bizzlecast an outro and an outro we shall give them, although I think mostly we should tease future podcasts, but that's a good place to start. <laughs> So I think in the beginning, um, if people want to, you know, really get into our deep, deep relationships of podcasts, uh, the tease of the Matrix, we're going to do a Matrix eventually. I mean, let's I mean, let's just throw that out there. We don't know when, but we're going to do either probably the Matrix, right? But you felt that quote was appropriate, though, right? You could see where it's I was perfect. From. I like I like I like how you bring something out. And that's why I'm, I'm segueing. Yeah, that was the beginning. And as we're wrapping up, I was thinking, like, yeah. let's like not lie to the audience. Like, yeah, we're going to do like right. the Matrix at some point. Because but, that was the continuation of the notions of prophecy, whatever differences correct. there were in the chosen one and so forth. Yeah, correct. We have a lot of other Star Wars stuff that's going to happen. I mean, I think we need to do solo immediately and. Um, a lot of other fun stuff like that. Please but, order that immediately know. from Target before it sells out. Got yeah, steel book for like twenty two bucks right now. We can do that. We can we we can figure this out. I'm not I'm not I'm not worried. Well, I just I want to do the commentary opening again. But anyways, keep going. Um, but yeah, I just feel that the movie as a whole, from start to finish, mm-hmm. it's very redeeming, and I, maybe that's why I watch it so much because all the different sections because you know i admit you know i'll fall asleep watching certain parts and then i'll start it at certain angles from where i remembered it last you know and and that's the thing there's all these different segues so you can just break it up and it's just this ongoing movie that you can watch in two or three parts or four depending on how you break it up and how much time you have and just like keep enjoying it and um you know i probably enjoy that first half an hour more than a lot of it just oddly because of so many things that get solved and then the last half an hour the most but um (laughs) you know it's just there's a lot going on and it just keeps you going and i really uh i really enjoy it i mean i I, like i said like i feel like it was like a like i spent a little time in a hot tub i got a little bit of massage you know i feel really really good about the world like all is all is all, all is right 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, the main difference between you know my two favorite Star Wars movies, Return of the Jedi and uh, Rogue One, is that Return of the Jedi falls into most epic movies, Star Wars and otherwise, of the you know a very exciting opening act sort of settling down with sort of you know varying levels of excitement and, and and calmness in the middle and then of course a giant epic finish whereas as we've talked about rogue one is, is like one giant sexual build of two hours towards a climax where it just builds and builds and builds and builds but that is unusual right i mean the rogue one formula is very unusual um uh, the, yeah yeah Absolutely. And also, like, just as I'm sitting here, as you're talking, I'm just like, you know, I think when we get off, I'm going to put on Rogue One to, like, start over the fantasy. You know what I mean? Sorry to skip the other three. But, you know, like, that uh, that's what it also puts me in the mood to do. Because, you know, as, as happy as you are, you know, you have to remember, you know, many have died to get these plans. You know, so, like, you know, now I feel like I have to go back and pay them their respect. So, I, I feel like... Uh, you know, it's a great cap, and then uh, Rogue One is a great, you know, uh, Kickstarter. And, you you know, I texted you the other day because, you know, I don't think I'd ever asked you, like, how should someone who's never really watched the movies watch the movies? You know, mm-hmm. somebody had asked me who, who wanted to, like, you know, get into it. Somebody had right. seen one of the movies and whatever. So I was like, that's actually a good question, and I never really knew. And you said, you know, do it in the release. And I would say uh, – watch rogue one and then the release you know what i mean because rogue one is prequel to a new hope and like it flows so well so and it's such a good movie and like a new new hope is great so like if you were worried about like a jumping off point like not that like a new hope and then empire wouldn't be great but like i'd almost like to be gaudy or to show off a little sure. bit more. It's like start with Rogue One and then, you know, because also maybe you'd want to, um, I just, you know, associate them with actors that they know and like, you know, other things that are going on. And then once they fall in love with, like, maybe another generation will fall in lo- love with Rogue One and then the series. Like, there's all these different outlets sure. of, of, of how the fan is going to react. So I don't think you're wrong, but I was mm-hmm. thinking of a way like, Maybe like because of how much I also love Rogue One. Like, can I? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to. I, wrap no, it I was up just going to jump in. I was like, "There's a lot of reasons," and I totally agree with your reasoning about if you're just going to watch one, and then you've got the standalone, and it's a great introduction. But also, if you think about it, like, it has components of all the things you love. We love about all the other movies, like the original. New Hope, you've got that adventure feel, you know what I mean, of a world coming together, but you also have sort of the Han Leia stuff from Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. right? But you also mm-hmm. have the giant space battle and the epic ground battle from Return of the Jedi, but you're also planet hopping all over the place, like in the prequels, you know what I mean? Like, you get yeah. pretty much everything, which is amazing, because other than Chirrut and, like, some of his conversations with Baze and, and Jin, there's not a ton of Jedi stuff, but as we've talked about extensively, they preserve enough of it in terms of the mysticism that you get that as well. Plus, you add Vader, of course. You know what I mean. And then, right? With, and he can do with it. Krennic, he can you take get. Up so much. What's the thing? You get the the Imperials, but Krennic is like an Imperial we've never experienced, and the Death Troopers are like Imperial Troopers we've never. So, I, I you just get so much from all the other stuff that we love. So, yeah, I mean, there's a million reasons to do that. Um, 
But there is something uh, amazing about watching Empire and Return of the Jedi back to back or or close. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I talk about how at this point I do have Rogue One above Jedi and uh, Empire Strikes Back. But if you combine Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, it starts to get tricky for me. So yeah, I I feel like so you know in the grand scheme of things, I I still put. Maybe that's also why I'm having this urge to watch Rogue One as I grapple with this in my head. Uh, you know, you, you're, you're confidently in putting it out there, and I love Rogue One, but I still haven't, like, I don't know, the, maybe the way I categorize it or maybe the way I feel about things. Like, I haven't been able to be like, Rogue One is better than Jedi. Maybe I'm just an indecisive, like, baby. But, like, I still, I mean, it is, but there's other things to consider, I guess, like consider like rogue one is a tremendous movie and it might be better. Like if you just watch one or the other and be like, which is a better movie, but considering the other movie was made in 1983 and this one was just made after all these other movies. And these people got to grow up in this process of, of with star Wars and then got to like, you know, Dave Filoni's not old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, so like it's a whole other thing. They got to be perfected. So, like, the fact that it is, I'm not going to say perfect, but the fact that it is fucking great, like, you know, it, it puts you it puts you at a, at a disadvantage if you're Jedi because, like, you didn't get all this research. So, like, that's why I have to be, like, Jedi's a better movie at some level because of, like, all the other things. Like, it was made a quarter of a century ago. You know what I mean? I, I, I've said that. I keep saying this, and I know I dwell on it. But, like, like that's that's why I still have to be, like, Jedi's a better movie. But, like... You know, ultimately, yeah, Rogue One's fucking tremendous, and it's it's. I'd probably rather watch. I don't. I I, I can't see, even. Yeah, see, that's. I can't even say it. That's where I, I would disagree it. with you, and that's my main point for Rogue One is that is Rogue One the best Star Wars film? I have no idea, but to me, it is the best film set in a Star Wars universe. To me, Gareth Edwards and those actors, that production is a movie, as I commented in our commentary, in other words, that feels like Casablanca, Lawrence of Arabia, Shakespeare, and in that elk. It feels like a giantly massive, almost historical epic that happens to be set in the Star Wars galaxy. And to some people, actually, that might knock it down a few pegs in terms of their favorite Star Wars movie because it's not a quote-unquote Star Wars-y as Revenge of the Sith or Empire Mm -hmm. Strikes Back, Mm -hmm. right? But I'm a film guy. You know this about me, Simi. And even though Star Wars is my favorite and my first love in terms of genre, I ultimately love good films from Children of Men to, you know, to uh, Hell or High Water to, I I mean, like, I just, I, I love great movies, the great movies of the late 90s, Fight Club and American Beauty and blah, 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 blah. And to me, I can insert Rogue One into my favorite films, even separate from Star Wars. I'm not sure I can with other Star Wars movies. So that's when people are like, which is your favorite Star Wars movie? I'm like, well, of these Star Wars movies, Rogue One is my favorite movie, but as a Star Wars movie, it's still between Empire Jedi and Rogue One for me. Yeah, and also as I trip over my own words that like I'm saying, oh, which do I want to watch more? I guess the answer is actually Jedi because like um, I'm 
more relaxed by Jedi. But that's not the right question when we're talking about which is a better movie. Like, I don't sure. want to watch Rogue One as often because it's fucking sad. Like, Schindler's List is a fucking incredible you know movie. What? I, I've seen it once. I'm, I'm, you know I, what I mean? I'm like, at this point. At this point, I watch Rogue One all the time. I just, I just deal with it. I don't know how. Maybe I avert my eyes during the end scene. I don't know what. But I just, you know, I just, I can't not give in to it. I'm... Yeah. I'll obsess over it in my head, and mm-hmm. I, I just can't go to sleep like that. So I, I, like, I also I am okay like, like with so. Rogue One because I've seen it so many times, like jumping between scenes and watching certain scenes and stuff like that. Although I will say to me, uh, I tell you, I don't think I told you this. The other night, I was like up late, super late, and um, uh, I was like, I don't, you know, I need to watch something. I don't watch the end of Rogue One. I don't watch the beginning of Rogue One. So let me just like put it in the middle, just randomly, and see where it is. And it's the scene where uh, Jeddah gets blown up and they're headed to um, Edu. And mm-hmm. Jin mm-hmm. doesn't know what Cassian's supposed to do. And she's like, we're going to find my father and he's going to come to the council and tell him myself. And there's that look of such torment on Cassian's face because forget if he's starting to fall for her he's starting to really feel for her and doesn't want to kill her dad but she's you know he's being ordered he believes her he believes her yeah but he knows he has to kill her dad and that look of torment and i started crying immediately i was like god damn this movie that's why i love it so much (laughs) another great book i mean that Mm. the catalyst is incredible okay so Uh, look let's let's tease some future podcasts man first of all guys simi's getting married very soon so congratulations to him so we're gonna take a few weeks off simi congratulations thanks dude i'm uh i'm actually technically getting married by the court of law and blah 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 tomorrow and then uh heading into uh the, the holy city of east lansing for a tailgate party wedding weekend so we're gonna have a lot of fun uh labor day weekend and uh, yeah, we're going to take a week off of the podcast, but um, doesn't mean I'm not going to be listening to lots of books and uh, watching lots of things in the yeah. process of traveling. So, so as um, well, can I can I introduce the new scenario? So, Simi as my new, uh, or at least I'm going to say one of my new senior Star Wars contributors. But we love doing this other stuff. So Simi and I are thinking, um, you know, so if there's like a four week schedule, we'll do you know, a commentary or two. We'll do a couple Star Wars podcasts. We'll do maybe, you know, we can do some Rebels episodes commentary. We can do some Clone Wars episodes commentary. We got Solo coming out. We'll talk about the news. Um, and this is, this actually be a great place to tease that we want to, I think probably the next main podcast we'll do will be split between the news about the new Clone Wars episodes and Your Girl Ahsoka, uh, with the Siege of Mandalore and the Clone Wars coming back and the Jon Favreau series, which is $100 million, 10 episode Game of Thrones level series that's set right after Return of the Jedi. That should be really exciting. I, I think maybe we should do that next. Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched for whatever. I mean, um, Solo is going to be real quick, like coming out. Like there's so many things that are happening. I, I think this has been filler, you know, between the other movies that we found these fun things to do. But I think there's so many things that are happening that are straight up Star Wars that's going to take up our time. And then we're going to then have to like, force ourselves to like be like hey 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 we need a we need to break up let's throw a matrix in there uh you know i want to um you know i talked to you about getting you all the uh, audible harry potter so that maybe that'll give you an idea to like uh, start certain one of those i really want you to do harry potter 6 with me soon we talked about that a little bit a lot of lore a lot of like dark ass shit talking about voldemort and all that nonsense sure. so um 
you know, but with Star Wars, I mean, we're, I think we're going to have to get back into straight up, you know, uh, podcasts with just, you know, some great conversation pieces. And then uh, there's going to be a lot, a lot of, a lot of visual stuff that's coming out that we need to do. And then, you know, we, we still haven't done last Jedi. We can do that at any point. You know what I mean? Like we, we can do that one. Like there's a lot we have to do. So mm-hmm. we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we haven't done force awakens. We haven't so, done any of these things. So there's tons of content. Uh, you know, if the people speak, you know, let us know, get at Jesse. Uh, so when you come, when we, go come ahead. when we come back from the wedding, um, I think we'll have a week or two even at that point before Solo comes out. So our first podcast will definitely be the recent TV announcements. Because by the way, by then we're also going to have the Star Wars Resistance trailer, which is Dave Filoni's new animated series. Now, what's cool, man, is they're definitely skewing the new Clone Wars to be even more adults. And then they're just decided that the Resistance series, I think, is going to be more for kids. But who cares? We love this shit, right? And right. it's going to be Poe and, you know. As long as it's not, as long as it's not like, right. like the forces of destiny is a No, but I think close. this is, it's right. better. As long as it's, I think it's, I think it's going to be closer like, to I like, finish my um, thought? Rebels. So, yeah, I, I think this is better in they're saying we are going to do some specifically for kids, but that adults can enjoy. And there's going to be some like the new Clone Wars and especially the new Favreau live action series, which is more for adults rather than trying to straddle the way Rebels did sometimes more successfully, less successfully. Right. So anyways, Correct. the point is we're going to get, a, we're going to have a resistance trailer we're gonna keep finding out more about the siege of mandalor which if you've read the ahsoka book and you've read bloodline and you've read some of these books which we're gonna start bringing in you know kind of where that's going but it should be really cool to bring you back the cast our girl ahsoka i still think the live action ahsoka is very much in play man but we'll save that for the podcast and we'll talk about the favreau series which is very much going to be an adult series on the disney streaming channel next year um with a giant budget uh taking place you know five years after return of the jedi or so forth right after the battle of jack um but really quickly man this has been great um but i I, just to really wrap up because we have a chance to to talk about this the casting announcements for episode nine it's confirmed about mark hamill i think everyone knew hamill was going to come back in some form and he is the worst at keeping a secret so i think they just said fuck it Um, he's so happy to have this this type of job again that like it's like i'm fucking doing it yeah, yeah, it would have it would have yeah, spilled after awesome. eighteen months, him. and the same with Good Billy D. Williams, which everyone's excited about, and Carrie yeah. Fisher. Which you know, what's great is, man, is that not only do they have footage that they're going to be able to work in that they've already done, so we don't need to do CGI, but they asked the family specifically if they're okay with it, and they gave the blessing. But JJ's reasoning wasn't just like, oh, we want to work in Princess Leia. It was like we cannot imagine finishing these nine movies in this trilogy without some princess leia like we could like he was like we could not figure out a way like we worked on it for months and years to try and figure out a way to work around it and we couldn't that's how central she is so it's and that's not- probably the how the conversation went like how could we work around it? how could we work around it? and then they were like how can princess we work fucking with leia. yeah you know right, yeah. right no and then they were like what do we have like, we got like, nothing. i'd be curious like when yeah. that conversation happened like mm-hmm. to like be like well we have a ton of shit you know we could do this you know and then and then realizing that they had some great content and uh i trust them i mean i mean like i told you i think we talked about this before that's my fear but at the same time i I trust uh i think the franchise has been in good hands and i think they've been making great decisions so you know they've pulled the trigger on some big things uh you know switching directors things like that so if it wasn't what they want it to be, then I think they'll, they'll figure it out and make it what they want it to be. So the, all the pro I'm, I'm happy with the products. Like I said, I don't, 
my from the beginning last jedi wasn't my favorite uh but i don't not like the movie i did not buy it i still watch it you know so it's just not my favorite star wars movie that's all yep so you know if that's the worst thing in the world great (laughs) <laughs> but that's why having jj back in the the, the, the right. driver's seat learning the lessons both from last jedi and his own movie yeah. for episode nine bringing it all together i think is the best possible scenario so yeah. i'm very excited so all right man I, I was thinking we'd have a longer discussion but you know what i want to save this because we've got some great podcasts coming up we just teased it this was great getting to the commentaries with you specifically the fact that we got to do rogue one and return of the jedi together was awesome because those are the ones yeah, that to my heart we could have done empire strikes back i don't know why i wanted to do a solo journey on that i wanted that to be the one i did by myself but certainly hey let's not forget about new hope i mean you know i, oh, mean, new I hope really is think amazing. those are the yeah right so i mean you know those three are yeah. uh yep you know that's pretty epic like i mean like at some level like you're the star dude so like do empire by yourself like well, maybe and, you know in three years yeah, and what we'll i was gonna empire, say was you know? Because we did Rogue One and New Hope very much informed my solo empire, which then informed Return of the Jedi. So it was fantastic. So that was right. awesome. And then we will revisit all of these next year in episode nine. But until then, we've got tons of TV shows and other stuff to talk about, which I'm really thrilled. But I'm definitely so pumped to do the solo commentary with you a month from now or whenever that comes out. Yeah, dude. It's going to be great. Awesome. It's going to be great. Awesome. So uh, let's... Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Simi. We'll, we'll maybe try to get one more in before the uh, yes. the wedding bliss next yep. week. Uh, I can't promise, but I think we'll try to do it. We'll at p- least something. Yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there, buddy. This was great. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks, guys. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you, Bizzlecast listeners. We will be coming at, back at you with more Star Wars and non-Star Wars content soon. Thank you again, Simi. Congratulations, and for the moment, the Bizzlecast is out. Yum yum! Oh, 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 oh. I told me Toby Chicken, and you got.